0: Welcome, 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 everyone to Mastering the Storm. here's here's the Storm podcast on the Anchor.fm platform. I'm your host, LDAP, and I'm joined by the other host.
1: Wenzeltron. What's up, everybody?
0: How you been this week?
1: You know, kind of the same, a little bit less WoW, uh, a little bit more heroes. But overall, with school starting for me, just less video games across the board. So not too exciting since school's back in kind of full swing, but just not as much time behind the computer, so to speak.
0: And what are you going to school for again?
1: Uh, I'm finishing my degree in what's called electronics engineering technology. So it's like the best way I can explain it in short form is the it's like the midway point between like an electrician or any sort of trade skill and a full on engineer. So I know how to build stuff as well as design things.
0: That's really cool.
1: Yeah. I don't like I sitting of, behind a desk.
0: <laughs> I had a friend of mine who went to Drexel for engineering and. <laughs> a... One of the things he said was one of the first things he learned because he was just trained as an engineer and that's he's a PE mm-hmm. and uh, one of the things he got when he started working in the f- in the field you know because he wasn't an applied engineer in a right. sense that you yeah. can go become an electrician or a fluid or air conditioning person basically he read plans and he looked at plans and stuff and so one of the first things he had to learn to do was site inspections because the plans never aligned with what was actually <laughs> <going>. <laughs> yeah you
1: basically become quality at that point.
0: Right. So, I mean, and that's the thing. So he that, that on the job learning, like you said, the applied aspect of it, I think, is, you know, when people think of engineering, they think of like this, you know, math and science. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. You know, but, you know, I think like that bridging, like you said, that subspecialty and being able to do both, you know, the planning plus the actually doing.
1: I like doing stuff with my hands, you know, kinda, yeah, it's kind of like what my videos are all about, you know, getting behind the wheel, so to speak, and showing it to people like here's what actually happens Like, because I can sit there and theorycraft or philosophize all day about how things work, but I'd rather just show you because I think, you know, it's like the the mantra of a picture is worth a thousand words. And so a video is probably worth a million (laughs) (laughs) if we're we're just extrapolating.
0: (laughs) And I think one of the things we learn as a, you know, I think one of the things I've learned in my master's programs and such, but at least I, because I have an MBA, we learned about how manufacturings change where, um, you know, we outsourced a lot in the United States back mm-hmm. in the, you know, the 90s, 2000s, well, 80s, 90s, 2000s. We and, and more in the 2000s, we've automated, we have robotics. Yeah,
1: now one of the things like the secondary revival of robotics.
0: Right. But one of the things we, that kind of felt when we outsourced, we lost that ability to, innovate, uh, to iterate. You know, we yeah. basically, what we do is we homogenized everything and we buy it foreign and we construct here. And then we mm-hmm. lose that ability to uh you know, to iterate. And things like Gorilla Glass are examples of things that have happened because Ooh, of yeah. manufacturing accidents and such. And so, you know, I think one of the aspects, you know, we think oh, outsourcing, you know, globalization, and it's true that you should, you know, if you can get it cheaper someplace else, you should do it. But then there is that aspect of not, if you don't actually practice what you're doing, you know, um, you might lose sight of your competitive advantage, you know, yep. and You know, the the best example I learned in class was Hershey Hershey chocolate. I know we're talking about Heroes of the Storm, we're talking Mm -hmm. about, but, you know, it's, you know, when it comes to, like, say, hero design for Heroes of the Storm, if, he, if Blizzard outsourced their hero design to, to another company or whatever, which I think they do a lot of their graphics and stuff, they outsource, I believe, you know, the one thing I don't know how Blizzard operates, I know they have this campus, right? Yeah, but like I think California. a lot of what, <laughs> yeah, but I think a lot of what they do is outsourced, you know, in small batches, you know, because <laughs> I can't imagine, you know, I mean, maybe like the frameworks and the design of a hero, but I think there's a lot of stuff that has to be outsourced, you know, to make a game, yeah, you know, I mean-
1: there's just so much moving parts. Like, we don't see it because we see the end product, right? You know, that's, right. like, that's like part of why, I like, hearing people's processes about things. Like, if we ever get guests or something on here, like, mm-hmm. hearing about, like, what like behind the scenes. Because we, you know, a lot of times people are daunted by the fact that you just see something at the end. And it's like, man, I wish I could do something like that, right? But, like, once you kind of pull away the curtain a little bit, it really makes it less daunting and it's like oh wait there's like you know at least it's from like a hero design standpoint if we're using it as an example you can see like there's the art and there's the animators there's the sound design there's the like numbers team that works on the programming and how the like mechanics of the character is gonna work you know there's just a lot of a lot of stuff we don't get to see as consumers of the product which you know maybe it's not glamorous to many people because they'd rather just play it but I don't know I think it's more I would think it'd be fun to see like you know how things work behind the scenes and i think people like chaos os who does the math of the storm does a really good job mm-hmm. of of kind of pulling back the curtain for us laymen uh right. a bit
0: and yeah i do think that like some of the work is definitely done in house but i think some of it has to be done outside the smaller companies that they have the cheaper labor you know i mean it just makes more sense but right. the fact that the blizzard constantly can um, iterate and make things better themselves because they still have a hand in the process, right? They probably have frameworks more you know, than anything, you know? Exactly. Like
1: skeletons and that are like just just simple enough for them to work with and they yeah. are able to build off of it. So it's not like completely yeah. starting from scratch.
0: Yeah. It's like, you know, and, you know, I don't know what, what it is. I don't work in the video industry, but just like anything else, you know, this concept of, you know, the, the concept of outsourcing, is one aspect of it and there, and you definitely it's a business strategy to be able to outsource as much like you like Blizzard probably doesn't make the engines. They, they outsource those engines like for here for I know for like Hearthstone they have a another engine that they use. To, I know they uh, work. They the partner frame. a
1: lot of stuff with Activision now. Right. Because obviously they're Blizzard, Activision Blizzard. But mm-hmm. Blizzard is still very much its own entity. It's just that they're able to leverage assets back and forth at this point
0: right. right and that's what i'm saying you know it's like so part of this whole you know but you still have to have a hand in the in the creative process mm-hmm. if your hands aren't in it you lose control and you and you lose quality and like you said it becomes very homogenized all of a sudden all the video games look the same right mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you play an unreal game most of the games have the same control scheme, you know? <laughs> just different graphics, basically. Right. I mean, maybe a few different buttons here and there, but for the most part, it's the same game, you know. And mm-hmm. but and and that's the thing is, you do have to have a competitive advantage, you know, right. to to be viable in this in this economy. If you have no competitive advantage, you're just you know a commodity. Anyone can do what you do, and that's why people still pay premium dollars to play World of Warcraft or yeah. Diablo and stuff like that. So, I mean. But all right, so you know, offer MBA uh, college program. Yeah, after our
1: quick departure out of Heroes of the Storm. (laughs)
0: But I try to I I definitely try to keep it in there because it definitely has there there is something about heroes. People are constantly, you know, commenting about the quality and I I definitely think Heroes is a storm is an example of a of a game where Blizzard does have creative control. They do have it they iterate constantly. It's probably the one game I think that they iterate the most consistently on out of all their properties.
1: They have the most consistent balance schedule, I think, out of any MOBA, I would say in general, and then out of their, like, you know, catalog of games that are of their universes, it's tweaked the most. Like, the DeVev team has really kind of taken it upon themselves to really, you know, breathe life into it at a regular interval. And I think we'll get into it later with, like, you know, Toronto rework and stuff like that. But you it, 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 really can see, like, how much effort goes into this kind of game so that it doesn't—so it's always getting better, at least. Or at least— it's, the, they're trying to, at least.
0: Yeah, but in the same token, there is this kind of, I would say, interesting development in the pro scene with regards to Heroes of the Storm. You know, last week we were talking about Fan and right. how Fan was on his stream and he played a game and he played against this uh, this person. And at the end of the game, he spent 20 to 30 minutes analyzing the game because he thought the guy was cheating. And you and I, we talked about that, and you know, basically, we were touching the surfaces of it because it was a bit of news, right? Right. But you know, I look, you know, I, I tend to see things in connections. And I was listening to a podcast this week. Um, I listened to Malcolm Gladwell's podcast, and it was called Revisionist History, where he kind of explores certain aspects of history. And he, t- you know, it's definitely there's there is a commercial aspect to it. So I don't want to say it's pure research, but um, empirical research but this season he was doing a thing about m- the mind and how the mind um, can play tricks on you how you can believe that something's true even though you, it's like it's the subconscious not. mind exactly and so i shared that with you and this specific it was the season finale of this week's ep- this this season's episode which was about elvis in the 40 slip you know and it's interesting because i think what we're seeing from these pro players is a bit of Freudian slips with their joy for the game at this juncture. You know, I mean, it's becoming a job, you know, playing a, a professional game or esports is a professional job, right? Yeah. And, you know, now we're Fan, he's won a world championship, you know, with Cloud9. So, right, it's it was years ago, but... <laughs> But to me, he's reached, he's reached the mountaintop. You know, he's won the Stanley Cup of the game. So everything he does from now on is just icing on the cake, right? But then you got Ar- Ar- Arthlon today denouncing his retirement um, from Heroes Esports. You also had Fan earlier this year announce his retirement, you know? And I know I'm making these weird connections, but is the pro scene, you know, is it healthy enough you know, with all these iterations and it changes. <laughs> yeah. I mean mm-hmm. I mean, is the game changing too much to the point where the pro players are starting to get kind of burnt out. No, I mean the pro players in,
1: get an extra two weeks. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Cause it to say that they get extra two weeks to get adjustments and stuff in the game, mm-hmm. it's almost like there's a lag. Not really like they get more time. It's because mm-hmm. they have to be on the ball. And they're playing games every weekend for what is it like four to six weeks roughly if you're right and then more if you're going to the the clashes and stuff like that right um i i don't know like i i understand where you're coming from with this too like because it i think esports as a as a as a field is so new right like you know it it's a creative thing to some degree right and i'm you can't like yeah. you can kind of compare it to sport right but it's more skill based right like if you mm-hmm. if you think of like sport is something i kind of it was funny joe rogan just had this discussion on one of his podcasts earlier this week or that i listened to and it was basically like what like because they're thinking of putting esports in the, the olympics and right. basically it was kind of like defining whether or not is esports worth being called a sport right and i think it's more like analogous to something like chess or mm-hmm. and like you start bridging the gap like for him he's an archer so he thinks archery is kind of like bridging the gap between sport and skill building right because mm-hmm. you're because it's all about concentration and attention and like fine tuning your reflexes and stuff like that um i don't know it's it's one of those things like you don't really hear like you know these guys kind of have, like the top of the world and something that is relatively new right and people don't know how to like wrap their mind around it right because like people right. on the outside it's like wait they get paid to do this you know like uh two weeks ago i got to go to um chicago comic-con uh, near me mm-hmm. and and they actually had like a stage set up for two pro players playing fortnite on stage like They get paid for it, you know, and Mm -hmm. and I to me I don't really understand how Fortnite could be pro, right? Because it seems very RNG almost, but Mm -hmm. that's a whole different discussion. But you know, it's just kind of this weird, you know, change has happened in my own lifetime. You know, like since since I've been born, basically this this thing has kind of like evolved into what it is today, right? Like ten years ago or five years ago, even you probably wouldn't even seen like a stage at a comic con about (laughs) esports.
0: Yeah. Well, I'd say like you know, esports has been around for 20 years, yeah. given with StarCraft, but the you know the, the salaries, you know, yeah, team the money developed.
1: behind it for like I mean, the players.
0: It's only a recent development in the last few years, you know. And I mean, so probably in 2010 was the watershed moment for esports with regards. Well, maybe earlier than that with the uh, with the uh, what's what's that network that was um, Team Liquid, uh, the one that. No, no, the big network, the, the, the website. Um, oh, man. I know what you're talking MLG, about. MLG, MLG, yes, MLG. That was the Halo. It's the MLG scene. <laughs> yeah, Halo and that kind of stuff. So um, there's that. And I mean, and I, but the salaries are not like no one's becoming a millionaire. No. <laughs> you know, other than the game companies, right? The, the so millionaires these guys are the, are just the game like, owners
1: or the org owners are the ones that are really making right. more money for as from advertisement. Right.
0: Though. <laughs> And, you know, so no one's becoming a millionaire like this. And, you know, the one thing we say they're professionals, you know, like professional esports, and, you know, and that's true. They are, but they're still somewhat amateurish because in a sense, they're not making the, they they make enough to live off of for now, they live modestly, but they can't retire off of this. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's no future other than, playing the game you know it's it's a, it, it could be a career you know they could you know but there's no set path in that aspect mm-hmm. whereas you and I are going to college we're developing careers right. this is you know careers to me and to be clear a job versus a career a career is something you do that you love that you get paid for and you it know, takes hopefully. time to build into something uh, bigger <laughs> right, right. A, job, a job is something you do for money right you know yeah. it's designed to pay the bills and to move on to you know yeah. short term or long term
1: it's not like there's a and, pathway, right? Like, you right. know, you can kind of see some people doing it where they go from streamer to pro to, to, like, if they get an org, then they become a coach, and then they become something else within an org, right? Right. They, they branch right. out that way. Like, I think Bakery, who used to be on Team Dignitas, is, is a good mm-hmm. example of that because he, when he decided mm-hmm. to stop playing, he was wrapped into Dignitas and was given a position, and I don't remember what it is but he's like it's like product development within Dignitas and you know it's you know to teach their own and then there's other people that go back the other way where they're like well I'm just gonna make you know I've kind of made my name for myself I'm gonna become a streamer and I think some of the League of Legend players are kind of at that but like streaming is a really iffy thing because you're basically analogous to the guy who wants to be a musician and you play you know you're just there doing your thing and you're hoping your music catches enough people's attention to get a few pennies or dollars or whatever and then you know, they throw it in your hat <laughs> or your guitar right. case.
0: <laughs> yeah, or your virtual wallet, which is yeah. what you know, Which is twitches, is.
1: which is what bits yeah. are just direct tips. And yeah. it's not a great feeling, I don't think, for many people.
0: Yeah. And the other thing is you are it's a commodity, right? Yeah. There's everyone with a webcam and a, and a microphone and you know, a little <laughs> bit of web graphics, you know, can be a web streamer. It's like the ones that separate themselves, the ones that actually have need, like Grubby, who, you know, he's a professional ladder player mm-hmm. uh, who can also comment, you know, commentary. And he seems like he's making a good, decent living, you know, with mm-hmm. his sponsorships and stuff. So I don't I'm not trying to say that they're not professionals in the sense the i just don't think they're millionaires it's not know?
1: sustainable is it, it, like long-term right. sustainability for it is not realistic because the way i see it with video games is it's kind of there's an expiration date where it becomes like i don't know if it's like taboo or anything particular but it just doesn't you know people kind of look at you funny <laughs> yes you know so
0: like, the kind ca- Yeah. And so the connection I was trying to make with the Gladwell discussion about Elvis is Elvis was a performer. Right. But when he would try to sing the one song, you know, he had this lapse of memory, this uh, and but and he would just start rambling. And and it was actually consistent. They caught this on on audio and video
1: was like 40 something times.
0: Yeah, where he would be singing the song and he's professional. He could sing as long as he was singing, he was okay. But when he had to speak, that's when the Freudian slip started coming out about it and it was unraveling of what's going on in his life, you know. Yep. And you know, at the time, you gotta remember that, you know, I, we were talking about this off stream or off the, the cast, but we didn't know a lot about mental health, <laughs> you know, back then, <laughs> you know. I mean, you know, people, you know, we didn't know like a, a, what we know today, been 30 years later, 40 years later, about. You know the concept of the 40 slip, and um, uh, you know psychology and, and that kind of stuff. And you know, fans an entertainer. Don't, and this isn't you know he's he's a, he's an esporter, He's an entertainer when he's on streams. Yep. Maybe he, this whole thing was just to get some attention. But I'm starting to wonder if you know the performance aspect. You know, is he, he was being affected performance wise by the changes of esports this year, you know, his team lost a major player. Um,
1: they had like the debacle and, with roles.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, you know, is it starting to show? I mean, and more importantly, does he really have anything else to prove? I mean, it's like, you know, so he goes off on this <laughs> tangent, right? Where he's like, just like, you know, analyzing this guy and saying, you know, he's I mean, I watched it. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's possible the guy could be, you know, you know, uh, map hacking. But in the same token, what does it matter? You know, it's like you're a pro, it doesn't matter. This is just yeah. one game out of a bazillion that you play. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, like,
1: is he nitpicking here? Like, is it really worth his time right. to spend that much on it? Kind right. of, I wouldn't,
0: right? Right? <laughs> right, yeah, to you, me, and and only because it made it on Reddit a little bit that we even brought it up. But right. even then, now that we're starting to see these things where other people are starting to retire, the game itself. Is it, you know, and the bottom line is there's going to be people to replace them, right? There's not like we have a shortage of players. It's like. <laughs> no, I
1: don't think it's going away anytime soon, to be totally honest with you.
0: But the Michael Udall's and the and the fans, they might be getting to the point now where they're like, hey, you know, I've done what I can. It's time for me to move on. And is that good for the, the esports scene? You know, um, that's the problem I'm not too sure. I mean, this year we got introduced to ADRD, you know, some really new players. So that was exciting, you know. So, you know, I I like seeing these newer players emerge from these teams, I was definitely excited about. And, you know, but in the same token, I'm a little concerned that maybe the sport itself is becoming a bit static, you know. Is there aspects of heroes that doesn't condone you know, that seems to not gel well with, the pro players and i would say maybe it's the constant iteration that goes on with these new heroes being released whereas it's i would say it's I mean with dota and um league of legends they have pretty stable metas you know <laughs> you know recently i think league introduced some new stuff that got everyone up in a war <laughs> but um but i and i don't play Le- i don't play league or dota so this is where i look to you to say am i barking up a tree here or
1: well you know. so league I play a lot of League right now because one of my friends plays it a whole bunch. And honestly, I've been enjoying it, surprisingly. Um, the more I play it and the more I get games behind it, um, I think that comes from my, like, massive game pool with heroes, right? Like, I wouldn't be as um, prone to try it if I didn't have as much mob experience at this point. Like, coming mm-hmm. into it as a raw player, League is a bad start. There's just a lot going on. Um but I will say that the defined rule set that comes with League, is better when you have a, like when you all players on a team know what they need to be doing, right? And I think mm-hmm. that's part of the thing that kind of drives me up a wall right now in Heroes. Like if I play any game, especially quick match right now, it just feels like, you know, everyone's playing their own game, even though you're not. You're not, right? You're all, right? <laughs> and it's just like I don't know. Like it just seems like there's this lack of. You know, people say this all the time, but like, kind of like lack of game knowledge, where it's kind of like when you play League and you p- play the ranked draft mode, mm-hmm. you 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 queue as a particular particular role, and ninety percent of the time you get the role you want, and when you have that, it, it just gives like the game experience is just better across the board because right. the people go into it with a particular mindset that they know, or or do you just know like a, like the, my biggest example is is support. Like, you get players that actually know how to play support. And like that. I right. think that's one of the huge detractors for me right now for playing Heroes. Just It just feels really rough. Like, you have to, like, get people to kind of tr- try and play their role, right? You know, because, right. like, like, you get those players that want to play, like, we need a tank, so they pick Artanis. Because, like, he's his label says warrior, but he's not, like, a main tank. <laughs> and it's just, you know, you kind of get those situations where you, you know... It, obviously there's bad apples and stuff then people that just play bad in both games, but it's just kind of like design decisions that they make from how they set it up. And then, um, I would think, I think it's like every four weeks or so, they either release a hero or do like one rework. And obviously they have different maps and st- or not as many maps in, in league, but, or Dota for that matter. Um,
0: but, league, but the rate of cha- the rate of change is much bit, less than here. Yeah.
1: It's a <laughs> lot slower. Like there's not balance patches every like two weeks you know right. like even if it's just numbers like you know like in heroes i think numbers make a lot more difference because league obviously has a lot more knobs that because like items and things so like certain things in, in league are are item sets that are what give characters power so like right. you get like built an ice box from an activatable from a piece of gear you build in game using game currency um
0: right.
1: but that's like that's a kind of design choice like heroes right. didn't want to do that. They could have done that that way, but it. I get it. A um, little bit here, no there.
0: Right. And, you know, I guess there's two analogies I would point to. So let's say in organized sports, so whether it's football, hockey, lacrosse, baseball, whatever, <laughs> the rules don't change. <laughs> right, yeah. The rules are pretty straightforward. The rules are pretty straightforward. The catcher is always going to be the catcher in, in baseball. He's not going to all of a sudden be the first baseman. You know, maybe the quality of a catcher being able to throw out a, a, a a base dealer or, you know, there's different quality of catchers, but right, I mean, yeah. for the most part, the catcher's job is to catch the ball the pitcher's throwing. And in, you know, the same token, that's, so that's one aspect. The rules don't change. The, 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 meta, the rules don't really, the meta doesn't change. <laughs> yeah,
1: per se So skill level that changes, right?
0: <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and, you know, maybe performance, like if you take, if you get more stronger or powerful or, right? right. Yeah. yeah. But the, cha- the changes are there, like you know. But they're different, you know, in a mm-hmm. sense. Um, but the rules are still the same. The framework's still the same. I mean, the NFL probably has the most uh, variant changes in rules, and most of them are around player safety, right? <laughs> no the right. helmet, to helmet, right? You know, that kind of stuff. Um, but with regards to and then, like you said, the other aspect of HOTS is right now you queue in, like if if World of Warcraft had a random. Dungeon mode where you just chose to go in dungeon mode, but you didn't choose a role you play. Oh my it'd god, it'd be a big hot mess! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can you imagine just, like three healers, two DPS? It take forever right. to
0: clear anything. <laughs> I mean, the closest we got to that right now is the whole uh, what's it, the Islands. island expedi- right, expeditions, yeah. right? Where I queue in as a, as a healer, and people are like, well, you're not doing enough DPS. Well, it's designed not to have to do yeah. DPS. I actually provide value in my healing role, and, a D- and I can and I can do DPS. Martin, but once no, again, a Right. I mean, I'm not. Tr- all I'm doing is normals. I'm not trying to push mythics. If I was right. trying to push yeah. mythics, I would change probably change up a bit but here's this that's the same token that's the same aspect of it there is once again like you said maybe the, the fact that there's something in the pro scene with the rules constantly changing it's difficult i mean it's it's not impossible but it's difficult for players to keep up with it you know and more importantly balanced right you know yeah. and you know if you if if the rules are changing every two weeks the the meta is changing every two weeks you know there's and the rewards are only like, say, you're making the salary of someone who would go to college and you know make $100,000 a year. Right. You know, yeah, you get to work from home. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was earlier this season we heard, you know, the guys were playing from home and, you know, they felt like they are at a disadvantage because the network latency. Yeah, It exactly. wasn't there tomorrow. Some of the so places even,
1: were not as well connected or whatever.
0: Right. And so maybe that's what's going on right now in, in the hero scene now. Granted, maybe heroes will stop iterating a lot more next year. Maybe that's where, you know, they're iterating a lot to get a bigger hero pool, get the right map pools, and maybe next year there'll be less releases because, you know, once again, we're talking about costs and such. I mean, we're at over, uh,
1: almost, what, we're at like, 80 heroes now?
0: Can yeah. I mean, this year we didn't, you know, last year they released 13 to 14 heroes. This year we're probably on pace to get maybe 10, you know.
1: Which makes sense. So, I think that's fair right. because I think... I think they have to look. So, like this is going on what you're saying with the complexity thing, right? So like right. there are kind of predefined roles, right, with like within the pro scene using it as a frame mm-hmm. with, you know, tank, bruiser, DPS in the form of ranged and melee, and
0: mm-hmm. then you have
1: support. And obviously we had the double support meta thing that was a problem, and now mm-hmm. we're kind of in this weirder situation with double tank but I think it's more healthy than it has been with third bands coming into effect. But when you think about it from a pro player's point of view, they basically have like 80, like tuning knobs to wait, like figure out how to throw players off or like teams off and build some sort of strategy around it. And that's why there's things like meta, right? Where like currently hammer is probably the bees knees when it comes to damage. And like, you just have so much to like have to deal with from like, a planning point of view to like try and get an edge, right? Because if you play the the game of every team, like or at least the top teams, I so think like Dignitas and maybe Tempo and and H Heroes Hearth in NA, like when you're playing those games, like you can't really play the other team's game in in, in a MOBA. I don't think like it's not it doesn't work that way, because like they they know what to expect, right?
0: Right.
1: Sure. So like you have to really put extra effort into trying cause a mistake i guess and since it's a team game it's it's way much less on the personal level
0: yeah and you know like i said you know it all comes down to that and pros are gonna do it right they're not gonna complain they're just gonna no but it still takes that psychological toll mm-hmm. right and this is what i'm saying is that maybe the 40th slip you know is the fact he's kind of distracted he's complaining about one thing, but really something else is bothering them about the game, yeah. you know, and I know I'm reaching here and, you know, maybe it's just, he was very literal and he was like, that really was triggering. But given this week's announcements, given the performance, you know, maybe there is something more to this, you know, and, you know, it's not like it's a one single isolated incident. It's, you know, the entire person scene in and of itself. Right. And, you know, yeah. And like I said, I don't think it's, you know, I think it might be the rate of change that we're dealing with here. Now, I like it. It's exciting. But if my job constantly had this environment where every week <laughs> there was new rules and new, you know, I, you know, I don't think I would be I really mean, you're good. You're playing
1: catch up, basically.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or firefighting more. Like yeah. More important, <laughs> you, know, you know, and then, you know, so and the tie even more is we got this, sneak peek this week or last week when Blizzard announced their new uh, clothing line all of a sudden here is a storm there was this new shirt that had six roll yeah, six icons on the sleeves, like right? three on each
1: there's ranged melee tank obviously I see and then I can't really tell there's like the bottom left one and the top right one I can't tell what those are
0: Huh. I mean, and we, and we don't know, but here we go. It's like you know, was it an accident? I don't know. Like I have like one of the early uh, Heroes of the Storm uh, hoodies, and it's got four rolls, but and there's mirrored on both sides. Right. Yeah. The uh, the
1: healer the current rolls basically.
0: Right. Right. The current rolls without the the variant uh, multi class. You know, right. <laughs> right. Which was
1: a which which at this point we can all say was a failed um, <laughs> 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 classification. <laughs>
0: So, I mean, like I said, yeah, I think that, you know, being a pro player, there is a you know a certain amount of stress is placed on you. And, you know, one of the, you know, and we might start seeing more of these types of announcements. because And I think it's due to the rate of change. And, you know, the fact that this is like, a you know, it's a full-time job because it pays like maybe a six-figure salary, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you're good and if you're adequate. Any of you And you have
1: a good organization behind you, too.
0: Right, um, but there's the, the the thing is is a long term you know career probably not for many of these folks, yeah. and so they they have the option of going to Twitch or it's they just a the reality to... too. <laughs> and the point is is that this this affects performance, right? You know, if you got these things that are gnawing at you, you know, it affects your performance, your ability to execute. And one of the things, you know. I did early on after I became one of the moderators of hears of the Storm was I started talking about grit, right? Mm-hmm. And I like to think I have some grit, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how you, you know, but I don't know what grit is, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I think it's because it's not, it's not, um, ta- it's not a tacit, it's a tacit skill, right? You know, where it's like riding a bike. You can talk about and describe riding a bike, but until you actually ride a bike, you know, <laughs> You know, you don't really experience riding a bike. There's no virtual reality of riding a bike. It's balance. It's pedaling. It's, you know, you know, and it's something you have to practice, much like playing the clarinet or drumming or playing a video game. Right. And we can give you glimpses of it. We can give you frameworks. We can give you things to practice. But in and of itself, there's no prescriptive methods yet for grit. And one of the things... I've learned in the last couple months by you know reading papers on this concept of grit. I mean, like when I say grit, what does it mean to you?
1: Well, for me, grit is about, it's kind of like, it's synonymous to perseverance, right? Like right. grit is the thing that you force yourself to do something that's hard. Like right. when, when you don't want to do something, like, so I can combine, I could do this all day. Um, like you, if you hear anyone from like David Goggins, who was a Navy SEAL, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. even Joe Rogan, if you listen to any of his podcasts, there's, there's like, almost once a week he has a tangent about, like, don't be fucking lazy, basically. Sorry for swearing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people care. But, like, like for me, like, I, you know, we all have this. You know, the days you wake up and you're like, I don't want to go to work, right? But you make yourself go to work. Or, like, you know, for, other than that, like, the things that are important to you but not necessary or urgent, right? The things that, like, I should eat a healthy diet or I should... Um, work out today, right? Those things suck. They hurt, right? Your body gets sore. But you need right. to do those things because those are the things that, you know, propel you forward, so to speak. Um, right. And I just and I, I think that fostering like that kind of like mental awareness of like, okay, like take your medicine kind of <laughs> is, is something that you can really like, especially like learning something new, right? Like I, I'm really into neuroplasticity lately again. Um mm-hmm. which is which is basically our our brains um, can relearn how to do something at any age. No matter how old you are, sure you slow down. but mm-hmm. you can take any skill and say you've never done it before and say you work at it every day or every other day, you're gonna get better at it, regardless of right. whether or not you know, and and I think once you kind of get that out of your your mindset that you're stuck where you're at currently kind of thing, um, that's great. You know, to say, OK, I don't care what the result is right now, but I know that over time the trajectory is going to be positive or I hope to be positive. And then if it's not, you know, you're not having the enjoyment or the any sort of results you enjoy, then you really need to self-analyze and like, OK, am I doing something wrong here? Is there someone I can ask, like, who is, a, a, you know, a subject matter expert in this thing and then go from there. Right. You know, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the I guess kind of touching on like meta learning almost like learning how to learn uh, is mm-hmm. another thing with within grit.
0: Right. And one of the reasons why I discuss the topic of grit in Heroes of the Storm is because one of the things we get is the Dear John letters of people <laughs> with the key. Oh, dear, dear Heroes of the Storm community, I've yeah. decided to quit the video game. <laughs> and here's my list of indulgences of why I'm going to quit the video game. Yeah,
1: or, or <laughs> knowledge level of Heroes of the Storm is atrocious. Like that, oh. those standard complaints. <laughs>
0: All right. And you know, I mean and we get them well, the funny thing was I know early like in the year we were getting them at least once or twice a week, you right. know, and so and you know, part of, and I started responding to a few of these and I said, Well, one of the things I think is people don't necessarily, you know, have grit, you know, the ability to like you said, it's perseverance, but to stick to a specific goal over a long period of time. And that's because Heroes of the Storm in itself doesn't set goals for you. You know, there's no like in World of Warcraft, you can get achievements, right? right? Which, you know, if you do the X, Y, Z, um, that's what I'm doing right now is I'm doing achievements in World of Warcraft and, you know, get the little shiny thing back. Right.
1: Or what or, or they stuff. do now with like all the new loot type kind of stuff where you have like right. do your world quest. There's like, you know, a micro goal there. There's like do um, rep grinding, like some of the new war modes. It says like get your rep higher f- with this particular faction to get more war mode quests like there's like these micro goals that aren't like overtly like guiding you so much, but they're there Mm -hmm. as as for someone who's playing casual, right? Because if the person who's like a little bit more hardcore kind of already has a game plan of what they need to be doing at a given
0: moment. Right. And but they're implied too, right? Right, You know, raiding, you know, there's like take down the bosses. There's a structure.
1: We know like WoW's been around long enough that people just are intuitive about it.
0: right? And also there's rewards like, you know, if you do all the uh, mythic zero dungeons uh, with with the uh, the achievements, there's certain achievements you can do, yeah. um, you can get a mount. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, they just did that you with, get the new house.
1: So me and my friend are, are really good and really into uh, arena PvP. And right. so before playing arena PvP, not to tangent too much in a while, but basically when you were really good at arena, you, you would see your MMR as a rating. Right. And so your mm-hmm. MMR uh, basically like an average MMR was like 1500. And then a good mm-hmm. MMR was, like, between 2,000 to 2,200 or above. And before, you had to get to 2,000 rating, and then you get, like, a special piece of gear that would look better or different, like, a different shader or, or like, a little bit, like, added. Kind of like old Master Skins and Heroes, and I'm going to tangent into that, too, after this. And, and basically, now when you do this, like, it gives you break points. So it's like you get enough conquest points or you get a rating between these two numbers, then you'll get... The bracers that are embracers in like belt. And then as you right. get higher in ranks you get more um, rewards to kinda emphasize a higher um, participation, which I think is right. really good. Right.
0: Um, but but here it says none of that. None so, of that.
1: And I think they order, even <laughs> took away more of some of it.
0: Right, with the master skins going away. Right?
1: It's kind of a sore and, topic for me because I used to really enjoy that.
0: So the lack of So you have to set your own goals and that's one of the things we talked about. Like I said, you know, you know, this season I was trying to, you know, so some people just say, well, I'm trying to go from silver to gold. All right, well, that's a personal goal and that's definitely good and you might have to make changes to do that and I think that you can do that. There's nothing stopping you but there's nothing encouraging you other than the participation badge, you know, for playing 10 games. So I really do think heroes could benefit from helping people set goals and you could even like you know, either that or there's third-party sites that help you set the goals. I don't know. But that's one of the problems with people not having grit and heroes. Now pro players, their grit, their reward is I get paid. I get paid yep. good money. So there is some reward, but it's not a lot of money, you know? And for the amount of time you have to put in and with the changing crazy meta, maybe that is affecting <laughs> their, their grit levels. Now, the other thing I learned about grit was it's not linked to your intelligence. People with oh. grit don't necessarily have to be the smartest people in the room, right? but you know so it doesn't you know in fact sometimes people being smart it could be demotivating and take away from grit because you know they rationalize and well what's the why yeah. should i put all this effort into it if you know <laughs> xyz <laughs> well
1: it's it's a learned skill though it's not something you wake up and you're born with it's it's honestly something for me it's something that you you incorporate through struggles of your own life and something that is, is is kind of fueled by your own self but also given to you in such a way of like it's not being so so much like fed to the wolves in situations but being like almost like setting yourself and be like all right i'm committing to this thing i don't care how hard it is or if i even know what it is i'm just gonna do it right and it's like Mm -hmm. you know i think the easiest analogy is something like if you go to the military right and you go do Mm -hmm. boot camp like you can't fail right like you can fail but do you want the to framework's there. The <laughs> like,
0: frameworks there that you can succeed as long as you put in the effort.
1: Yeah. Like you're going to go through this really hard thing, but at the end it's going to be worth it, you know, and not to talk any more about that. Cause there's obviously people would say otherwise, but regardless, right. um, it's still an accomplishment. And, and, you know, if you look at things like the tough mudder or Spartan races, I don't know if you've heard of those, which are basically yes, adventure races. So I've done three of those of tough mudders wow. and yeah. And I, I am not a person who is born athletic. I, didn't do a a mile, a more than like one mile run in my life mm-hmm. up until I had decided that um, I was going to do a Tough Mudder. I, I was in three three months of working out and I was like, okay, I understand people get like really into working out and they turn, it turns really vain, right? It gets like, mm-hmm. you want to have good muscles and like all that. Like that's okay, sure. Like you want to look nice, right? But I wanted to, this kind of goes back to why I what I'm doing for school is like, I wanted to be functional. So I right. looked. I looked at something, and I was like, "How do I take working out and apply it in a way that's going to challenge me, and it's also going to be rewarding at the same time?" And mm-hmm. so I had found this thing called Tough Mudder, and the reason I chose Tough Mudder is that one, it's not a solo. It's not only a solo experience. Sure, there's certain obstacles that are solo, but it's built around camaraderie, grit, and perseverance. Because it's not a timed event. It's you go, go with your friends, or everyone on the racetrack is there to help you on the obstacles that need to be helped. So when you're there, you're like, it's, you're immersed in this culture. That's really unique. And it, and it gives you this really, like, like you don't have to view, like I used to view myself as just a person that was never athletic. Right. And, and mm-hmm. I just kind of assumed that I would never be able to do something like I did. Right. And I thought I was insane mm-hmm. and I did it. And I, and my body was sore for the next day, but I, now that I've done it three times, it's gotten easier every time. And I see people who look the part, you know, who are like chiseled and whatever, but they give up on obstacles. I've seen it with my friends and you can actually listen to yeah. some of my podcasts that we've done on, uh, feeding curiosity about it. And, and, it, and it's just kind of one of those things where you kind of just lose, like, if you don't have that, like you doubt yourself is, is kind of like the end all be all of anything.
0: Right. So. And like you said, you know, so, and you know, your success was not necessarily how physically strong you were. But the grit you develop, the mental toughness. It was just about
1: doing to it. Just getting to the end.
0: And, <laughs> right. And more importantly, you had a goal, the end. You know, yeah. <laughs> going past the finish line. You know, and that's the thing is if you don't have those goals and heroes, you just give up. You know, you well, know, the, it's like
1: coming back, you
0: know. Right. And, yeah. <laughs> and, right. and so another thing that, you know, I learned about grit was it's a functional measure of consciousness, meaning that you have to be task-oriented. You have to kind of have you got to take things seriously, you know, yeah. uh, and you got to be organized and efficient. You can't just go in there half-assing it, you know. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, part of the a- other aspect. Some people they think they're going in all organized when they're playing heroes, but because they don't adapt to the situation, which is required, you know, you might have to be the healer. You know, <laughs> you know, they don't have fun, and I know. so once again. And like I said, you know, so, you know, that's part of my grit development in here is was I learned to play all the roles because I didn't know. I, I prefer to play supports, but, you know, I might be called to play the, the, the assassin role or even the warrior role. Yeah. You know, and so being flexible is a key. And also it, it's you're trying to um, limit the amount of things that trigger you and demotivate you you know, as Mm a part of developing grit, because there's going to be stress, there's going to be, the environment's not always going to be predictable. I mean, the more you can make these things predictable, the more success you'll have, but in Heroes, things go to to shit. Team fights go bad, you know? And you can't just say GG and give up. Well, you can, because it's just a Hero League match, but if that's your ranked match, or that match the promotion, you don't want people giving up, and-
1: I mean, well, that doesn't do anyone any good. Right. I mean, Heroes is probably one of the best games in the sense that one right. one hero or whatever mistake can't sway a game. Like, if you get in your own head with, like, oh, my God, I can't do anything here. Like, that that does more damage to the team than, than just being, like, having a bad game. Right. Like, throwing in the towel five minutes in is the worst mindset you could have about anything, you know? Right. You know, it, it's kind of funny. One of the, one of the best quotes I hear all the time is, is how you do anything is how you do everything. Right. Right. So if you have that sure. mentality, you're going to give up even if it's just a game. Right. We could say that all day, but it, mm-hmm. it, if you're going to have that mindset, then you're not going to have the perseverance and by extension grit. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and, and so you kind of have to really like dig deep a little bit sometimes and be like, all right, don't check it off. Like, okay, it's a bad thing, whatever. and, you know, you can take the. That's why I kind of play the game because it's like a microcosm. And I hear guys like Joe Rogan again. He he talks about M- Mishawaka salts all the time, and and when he talks about it, I see a lot of parallels when it comes to playing heroes, even not a level I play, like not technically a level I play, but I can kind of take it to that level, right? And be like, oh, mm-hmm. that's how I see it. Because he, he calls like Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you know, high-level problem solving with dire physical con- consequence. And he says that about almost all of MMA. And it's kind of mm-hmm. like what, what any sort of like match between players is. Obviously not right. the dire physical consequences part, but like high-level problem solving is very much what it is. You know, it's 3D virtual chess. And you're trying to, you know, you have your limited skill set and you have no all the skill sets on the other team and it's just a matter of execution, right? Right.
0: <laughs> so. And, and who's physically bigger, be, not, like you always think the bigger person in the match will win, right? The, right? the bigger brawler. Right. But could someone with, that's wily and, you know, like you said, has grit and has that that mindset, could they oh, outsmart yeah. them, outmaneuver them to the point where they take down the bigger opponent? And that's probably one of the things that maybe someone like Joe Rogan, he might like to fight people his weight class to learn, but maybe he likes the extra challenge oh, of going yeah. up to like a Wait. small fight, you know, a little bit higher in his weight class. even someone?
1: <laughs> it's yeah. actually funny you bring that up because like he says like in general, like if you're learning how to do something like that, you want to train with people who are already, you know, black belts and stuff. Even though you're gonna lose more often against them, they have more like nuance to their skill that they're able to share it with you. Like they're able to take you to the limit that un- like a person who's equal to your skill would take it too far and hurt you, or vice versa. Whereas if you're playing with someone who's more skilled or doing it with someone who's more skilled with you, you're able to they're able to get you to the edge but not hurt you because they're they're that much more skilled. And it's kind of yeah. like, you know, I think this year with heroes, you're kind of starting to see, like that kind of skill level starting to develop with the hero design, right? right. Where, they're, where they're giving just enough in the hero design to be able to let skill levels pass through enough when you actually see heroes or people who are like, oh, they got this figured out at a whole new level. And I think adRD is probably one of the best examples of that on Medivh, right? Mm-hmm. At least as like one of the first playmaking, like you don't want him on that hero or you're going to lose the game. right and obviously that's not only his play style because it's also him communicating with team but it's the same it's the same concept
0: right and the last thing i learned about grit was that it's similar but different than resilience so like resilience is linked to your mental attitude your optimism you know to continue when things are just you keep failing right right you know that's that's resilience that's not grit though Grit, okay, that's it's a drive that keeps you doing the difficult tasks over long periods of time. Like, so, you know, grit is that you know, mental toughness. I'm going to continue to do this, and I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get better. And even when I'm failing, you know, uh, and I'm going to keep doing this because and it's it's not something short term; it's long term, you know. And so, you know, and it's uh, you know specifically, it's developed this. It's kind of linked to this uh, this growth mindset. That uh, that kind of re- that kind of reinforces like a mindfulness in your abil- your abilities and goals yep. um, that you believe in yourself. You know, so grit. It's not optimism. It's not like yeah, I'm going to get. I'm eventually going to get better one day. It's knowing you're going to get better by doing that perseverance and by knowing that it takes time to develop that ability. Yeah. And maybe for people like Fan, their time is running out. You know, they've I
1: mean, been in the scene for a long time, so there's only you
0: know, yeah. there's and only so n- much. And I don't mean to talk shit about Fan because he's my favorite player. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know, he, he's just a, you know kind of the long fr- low hanging fruit in the example, and because there's exactly. not really anyone out there that's kind of done anything like this before. And like you said, you're reaching. You're not slandering him or anything, or saying he's going to quit yeah. or anything like that.
0: He's smart. He's <laughs> really good. I, I think he's amazing. I, I love watching him play. And if he leaves the scene, I'm going to be sad. Uh, you know, for yeah. the sport. You know, I mean. And, you know, that, that being the case. But in the same token, I liked Elvis. You know, now when I, when I was a kid, you know, he was about 10, he died, right? So <laughs> he weren't even born yet. So <laughs> My mom used to listen to Elvis Presley on 8-track tape players. These wow. were the four <laughs> cassette players in her MG. And she would sing along and it made her so happy and sad <laughs> at the same time. T- and, you know, and that's the thing, you know, our heroes are mortal. They, yeah. you know, yeah. Elvis got to where he was at because he had grit. You know, he was perseverance, but he also had psychological issues just like everyone else. And you I know, think creative
1: types in general have more more psychological, you know, yeah. underpinnings beneath why they do what they do. You know, they have a right. message that they want to get out or or not to particular demons they want to expel, but something like that. Mm-hmm. Um
0: and the thing I like about Fan is that he's not pretentious in the sense. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, you know, I'm doing this thing, and I'm, you know, here's how I do it. And he, he makes the odd video once in a while about how he plays a certain assassin, or, or you know, I mean, he makes his build videos and stuff. Yeah. And they're even po- point on, you know, and it's, it's short, sweet to the point. It's like you can watch that in ten minutes, and you can pretty much feel pretty good about yourself yeah. trying, trying out that build. So, I think
1: um, just as an add yeah. to like the esports scene, I think Heroes could do well to add analysis. Um, hmm. And, like, more analysis in play-by-plays, right? So right now, Mm -hmm. like, the casters are double-duty, right? They kind of have to cast the game and also give analysis of the game um, at a high level. And it's not to say that they don't do that well, but it's a big job. And I think if they were able to dedicate someone to always be on analysis, to, like, get the good play and to be there and have that high level, um, because I see this in League or in some of the... um, their their online esports and, and it they really break it down and and it really gives you a, another level of understanding how to play like you know because mm-hmm. you can watch it and be like oh so that's like you know it kind of gives you a snapshot of the meta if you don't really understand you kind of look you know you got to get a basis of the kit and then you kind of like when you see it you're like okay I see how that works now right you know rotation or something or how to engage properly or you know they show you what buttons are pressed or how they did this you know to cause you know some sort of fake out or something like that. Like it just really gives an extra level that downloads a lot of information if you're you're into that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And Heroes is kind of lacking that in some to some degree because yeah. because it's not no fault of the casters, but we all have biases, right? We have favorite mm-hmm. heroes, we have favorite things we like to talk about. You know, Kaldor's mm-hmm. is really you know still a meme every so often where Leoric is picked and they talk about the spooky ghost all the time, and it's it's mm-hmm. no fault, but it's you just you know we kind of we find our own biases. <laughs> it's just, you know, there's more to talk about than just, you know, than just that. Right. And so it's always good to get a fresh pair of eyes on it. Cause you never know who's going to see what.
0: Right. And the one last thing I like to maybe close out on this is talking about the professional versus the amateur, Yeah. you know, mindset, you know, we talked about Stephen Pressfield, you and I, we've shared our thoughts about oh, that yeah. book, his book, the war on art, it's really where he good. talks about, um, uh, <laughs> breaking through, uh, blocks and when you're in inner creative battles. Right. And one of the things in his book, you know, there's a, we, we'll provide a summary of it, um, in, in our, you know, show notes, but basically there are things that hold you back. You know, there, you can be, cause you're afraid, you're rationalizing, you're procrastinating. You know, there are a lot of things that hold you back from achieving whatever goal or creative goals you set for yourselves. And, you know, uh, you, you know, are you being a, like the number one thing I think that I got from him is, are you being a victim of resistance? What yes. are you resisting? Right. You know, what are you, what's holding you back? What, and most, and he kind of says, Hey, listen, the number one thing that holds you back is your resistance. Your resistance is something, you know, and he uses that resistance with a
1: capital R by the way. He uses yeah. it. Um, it, it. And it could be anything, you know, it could be that little voice in your head that tells you like, Why would I start like so using like Twitch or video games as a champ examples like Why would I do that? There's already someone that does this right, and Mm -hmm. that that mentality is one of feast or famine, And, and you know it's to say that the more people that are doing it, it lessens the people that have already been there, and that's not the point because there's a lot of minutes in the day, and there's a lot of you know there's a lot of people out there, that, maybe don't follow that person already, and you never know who's gonna follow who, right or who's gonna like. Figure out whatever your your like personal thing is, right? And and I think when people get past like, oh well, I'm never gonna compare to X. Like I think that's why I do what I like with feeding curiosity is why I've, I I want to dispel the myth of, of the the person who's already quote unquote successful in your eyes started somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. And and once you kind of like pull like I said pull back the curtain before you kind of realize that this is a process. Through and through, no matter where you start, it just maybe sometimes people have a a, a peg ahead of you, right? Like if you look at mm-hmm. it from skills, like physically skills, like sure they may be better right now, but if you put more work in than that person who's already skilled, then you're not you're they're gonna you're gonna put past them one day, right? Maybe it takes a long mm-hmm. time, but you're still gonna get better because if that's what you're passionate about, or just want what you want to do with your life you will accumulate it. Right. And I kind of guess, exactly. <laughs> I guess to tie this back to like engineering, right. So like, when I t- told you guys what I did for school, you know, the, the main example people always say is like, Oh, you're an engineer. You must be smart. Right. You know, you must know math or this or that. I'm like, no, I'm not smarter than anyone else. It's just, I've been learning this very specific type of knowledge for four years. Like if you spent four years learning it, you'd be just as good as me, or at least hopefully,
0: Right. Yes, but <laughs> even then, you're not but even then, you're not a professional until you no. in and, you know, become you, you emerge from the classroom, you get into the job and you're right, doing yeah. it every day. I mean, this is I think that's too. right. As a student, you're kind of an amateur, you know, yeah, you're, in a way. you're you know, and uh, as an amateur, the game is an avocation to a professional. It's a vocation. Right. Mm-hmm. To, a, you know, and I'm not to say you're not you know, eventually, it's a mindset, right? Yeah. Between a pro and an amateur is all mindsets, right? You know, there are people that label you amateur and pro, you know, like, you know, there's the amateur hot scene and there's the pro hot scene. And the, the, the way they differentiate is the pros get paid, you know, and they get screen time and they're, you know, the weekends. And that's true, but it's also a mindset. Like there's amateurs who are really trying to make it to the pro think of themselves probably as becoming pros. They're putting in the time, probably just as much time as the pro players are. To even get a shot, yeah, you know, and this is yeah. across all sports. Whether you you can't be an amateur football player, you, you know, you know, the kids in college are professionals. They're just going, you know, they're practicing as much as the pros. They're sacrificing yeah. more than the pros because if they get injured, they got nothing. I, I think
1: t- not to tangent too hard, but I think that yeah. is going to change soon because they don't get yes. paid, and there's a lot of things that they can't do as mm-hmm. college athletes that the school bars them from. Like they can't do like side ventures like one of the players i forget what team it was on but basically they said he wanted to do like a youtube channel where he made music like rap music or something and they t- made him yeah. shut it down because it was like something like against it, the rules and i think that's silly because like you're putting so much effort as like a, a semi-pro b- athlete in in a uh, college like that's like crazy to me like you're like dedicating your life to a a dream, right? You know, something that maybe one day you get drafted, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's one of, those, one of those things, like, you can't, like, I, I just find it so crazy that people have to dedicate themselves to only one thing, right? Because yeah. I, I think the more you branch out and try to, maybe not master everything, but, like, the more like, things you take to a, a, a serious degree, the more, like, skills develop that you can then pass over into any other field.
0: Well, the more you explore, the more. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. You know, the more you explore, the more, you know, the more chances are you're going to find something that, right. that resonates with you and, and becomes something you like you want to do as a career. But mm-hmm. I got out of high school. You know, I could have gone away to college. I could mm-hmm. have, you know, I, there was a number of things I could have done, you know, math, you know, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to do mass communications, but here's the thing I was an introvert. Yet I somehow knew I wanted to talk and, Get in the field of mass communications i don't know why but <laughs> that's <what>? ironic <laughs> so it was interesting is i go to i go, i decided not to go to four-year college i decided to go to community college mm-hmm. and you know i started taking the mass communication classes then i realized i didn't like the people i was working with they were kind of fake you know they were you know the, the they're putting together these scripts but they weren't really authentic they were right. more like just fitting blocks of text and i don't but then, you know, I started giving speeches, and I'm the, I wasn't really good at spelling, and I really wasn't that great at writing, but I I did have something to say, you know, and I had this kind of, like, humorous kind of look at stuff. Right. And when I was in college, you know, I, I started taking on the classes, and even though I, I got my AA degree in mass communications and I was accepted to a four-year institution, I actually went into fine arts you know, wow. in print, printmaking and photography. Okay. Photography stuck with me because it was a process. It was a mechanical process. Right, yeah. And I, and I learned, the you know. But once again, I had the freedom to explore. And the funny thing is I get through all of it, you know, and I graduate and I go into the computer field.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Like everyone else. Well, I mean, know, that's just kind of what happens. You know. I mean, like, I, I've, yeah. I've run into that a little time. I just shared a picture on our Discord real quick. Uh, I just want to kind of touch on it because it's kind of one of those things that, it's funny to me. It's it's so it's a it's a graph and um, we can probably l- somehow link it using uh, one of the photo sharing. Yeah, we'll
0: put. We'll, yeah, we'll put it in the. Uh, but basically, it's yeah.
1: so the the y axis is called willingness uh, um to opine on a topic, and then the y or sorry the y axis is willingness to opine on a topic, and then the x axis is knowledge of that topic, mm-hmm. and before the halfway point there's a a red hump that says the Mount Stupid in parentheses, and then it dips way back down to almost zero and then at the very uh, end it it skyrockets off into oblivion as you get more knowledge um Mm -hmm. and so basically what it's saying is is people who think they're masters before they're masters um will will you will will just talk about it constantly and i think that's something we as human beings have to be aware of and that's something that because i forcefully put myself in a situation where i have divergence of opinions i stay away from negativity um as much as possible and i i very rarely spend any time on reddit or give any of the the negative things of f- specifically heroes of storm any sort of you know of my attention um you just kind of have to be be aware of what your mount stupid is basically like right we have blind spots where people we're finite we have limited experiences so like when you run to those people that hate your hero pick you have to remember that it's not worth your time to argue with them why it's bad or if you mm-hmm. don't agree with it because mm-hmm. you're, you don't have the crystal ball. You have, don't see every right. game that's played, right? right? And you have to just trust the person is doing what they, they, are, they need to do as that hero, right?
0: And, and I think you also <laughs> have to keep in mind that, you know, in the leagues we play in, we're amateurs. And Absolutely. everyone that we play with is amateurs. And that means they're part-time. They're not supposed full-time. To be fun, period. Right. And so when they get off, when they're when they're triggered and they're going off on that, you know, I you know, say to myself, they're just an amateur. They're not they're not a pro. And yeah. then but then they'll say, well, fan picked this and he picked this. Well, that's fan. Fan's got a way more amount of time. Fan is a pro because he's dedicated the time right. to the game. You know, he's it's full time to him. It's a 40 to 80 hour work week for fan. You know, yeah. probably more because he probably
1: they probably do know, reviews of game time. They yeah. probably do a lot of stuff.
0: But more importantly, you so you talked a little bit about mastery, right? And yeah. that's one of the other things Pressfield talks about is, be, when you're dedicated to mastery, you know one of the things you do is you get external resources to help you. You Absolutely. get a co- like in Fan's case, he's got to have coaches, right? Yeah, people are he's looking got at the organization
1: behind them, legitimately. Right.
0: right, and maybe this isn't this is one of the maturity things about esports right now is some of these teams don't have the coach, right? And because they don't have the coach they're not dedicated to mastery they're dedicated to their egos and i'm not saying that fan fans got a coach so i mean he's got you know he's got kala and he's got the other guy that took over for kala so he's got someone that's objectively looking at his gameplay and saying hey you know you know here's the things you missed (laughs) you know you know and i'm sure he he's he's by now he's open to taking that criticism maybe when he was younger or maybe when they're all younger they don't. but that's another aspect of this game because mm-hmm. this game constantly changes even the coaches are learning the game you know there's some things you can rely on but you know uh, you know hearing cavalier guest when he was talking about transitioning back to being a normal civilian versus being a coach of you know uh gale force you know there is there he mentioned sometimes where even as the coach he wasn't respected by some of the players they they mm-hmm. felt Eh, you know, you, you know, you're, you know, I, I, think what you have to say is interesting, but I'm still not going to take it. So, mm-hmm. and that's another aspect of this, you know, developing of grit, you know, this perseverance is also, you know, you know, making sure that you have the right sources to help you, you know, achieve your goals, whether it's mastery of the sport or a specific hero, or you know, being able to adapt to situations and yep. such. Absolutely. And so, I think we, you know one of the things we've talked about in this, in our podcast is, you know, trying to have a kind of a unique take on things. And, mm-hmm. you know, we started off, we were copying what everyone else says. We do the news of the week, you know, you know, we do the Reddit <laughs> rundown and we do the hero discussions, but I, I really feel like, you know, we've been f- well, five, this is our sixth episode in, we're getting about 10 listeners per episode. So I really like to, I, you know, I, this is the thing I think we were really, you know kind of chomping at the bit to kind of do is to talk about the motivations and the the things that keep us engaged in this game and you know that is part of learning the game you know i mean for an amateur casual i just want to try a new video game yeah this isn't gonna this is gonna you know walk over the head they're probably not gonna listen to podcasts yeah but there are those people there's that maybe the one out of every 10 that is looking for something that we're what we're offering you know i I think i think too
1: it's it it's not about just the game itself, but it's about yeah. how, how does the mindset of the game apply to like what, how you can run your life better. Right. How, how does, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at everything in life and, and like everything you learn, like I don't, I, I assume coming from my channel demographics on, on YouTube, the majority of people that play Heroes of storm are between 20 and 25 or 30 or so. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm assuming most of you guys are in college. If you're listening and stuff like that. And, and instead of looking at your thing as a self-contained class, if you're in college, or anything you're learning, like if it's a book or whatever, like, I really want you guys to try and look at it, like, how does this apply in a broader spectrum, right? right. You know, like you saying before we did the podcast, you're like, you're always doing something where you're, where you're like experimenting with less caffeine or <laughs> something right. like that, where like, I, I've lived, I've really, I don't say this out loud a lot, but I try to look at my life as an experiment and, and everything mm-hmm. you do is an experiment, regardless of whether or not it really is in the true sense of the term, an experiment. But like when you try a new hero and you pick a new build, that's an experiment. And if it works, exactly. it doesn't work, but it's, it's still data, right? It may be anecdotal, but it's still something, you know? And, it, and then if you put it out there in the world, it becomes part of it, right? And then it becomes Mm. meta, then it's innovative, right? If it's creative, it becomes creative if it's singular, but then when everyone takes a part of that, then it's innovative, right? So like Tesla is seen as innovative because they did it Mm. first and everyone agrees with it. (laughs) So it's it's, it's just kind of like looking at your own life as an experiment and how do you, maybe not optimize, but there's always room to squeeze out something. There's something more to gain. You never stagnate. And as soon as you feel like you're stagnating, you need to check yourself because you should always be growing. Like the person you were yesterday is different than you were today. You know? Exactly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, for me, you know, I kind of come to the terms is like, you know, the reason why I did the podcast, the reason why I got involved with the Reddit community is because I'm trying to figure out, you know, first I wanted to have an activity, you know, that I can do a few hours a week, you know? Yeah. And be competent and develop a level of competency, but always kind of learning a little bit more. You know, I don't want to play something where, like, like when I play World of Warcraft, after I get past the gear checks and you know a bit of the, the, The yeah, so to speak. (laughs) Well, the point is, right now it's interesting because I'm with friends. We're all trying to get our gear better, and we're trying to learn the boss fights. But there's a point where it plateaus really quickly. You know, I would say by October. Um, we're going to plateau, Everything you know, where normalizes. with regards, to, right. And there's no more, I mean, it's just kind of like, you know, exercise, you know, a couple things per week and that's mm-hmm. it. You know, it's kind of in that maintenance mode, but heroes, there's always something to be trying to learn, you know, and, you know, I'm, I like that as a amateur, <laughs> I right. like that Yeah. as a, and as someone who spectates a sport, I like that. Yeah. But as professional, I would, I don't know if I would like, the constant changes because it's,
1: rough. it's just rough yeah
0: <laughs> yeah and that's where my heart is out the fan and arthelon and, and michael udall and all those guys trying to make a career out of this i mean thing.
1: especially yeah. too i mean there's there's a lot of games to play out there right and to say you're mm-hmm. going to dedicate yourself to just one right because then because right. then if you like in your spare time if you're going to play more games like that doesn't feel fun right Right. it's it's not like so, it's not like for us where we're like oh yeah we're going to just go play a different game for a couple hours because it's like it doesn't matter right because it's just yeah. our free time but for them when they're playing a different game they're playing in a new rule set they're playing in a new you know it's kind of like yeah. a professional baseball player goes and plays professional like i don't know I'm trying to I don't even know what would be comparable to that, but like playing hockey or something like
0: right, in their right. free well, time. Yeah, <laughs>
1: it's like Michael Jordan. Yeah, like, well, like it was hockey. like
0: Michael Jordan, right? You know, Michael Jordan, I'm the best basketball player. Well, I'm going to go play baseball now. And right. Like, yeah, that know, kind of
1: thing.
0: Or, it, and they like, try to give him a shot, but they're like, man, yeah, <laughs> stick I mean, to basketball. And so just, what do you do? He went back to basketball.
1: <laughs> it's just weird, you know, when you think about it that way, it's just like for them playing, like you know, and then now with social media and stuff, people have a following of some sort. Like, mm-hmm. for them, they're going to get, maybe not berated, but they're going to, people are going to be like, oh, he's a he's a sellout. He's going to Dota or whatever, like, to play a better, like, a more viewed game or something like that. And, like, that's not for you to decide. Like, it's his, it's his choice, right? It's like yeah. someone going to a, a competitor's company because that's what they wanted to. Like, I guess DC and Marvel would be a good example. Like, if you're an artist, you're like... You know, maybe you worked at Marvel for a while, but then you get an opportunity to work at D.C. Like, sure, there's going to be people that are going to be like, oh, he like abandoned ship. But, you know, you never know the circumstances behind it.
0: Right. And so back to the amateurs, which is what we're, our target audience is, you yeah. know, we kind of use the pros is, you know, developing. You know, if you really do want to get better at Heroes of the Storm, it's a commitment. You know, you can play one or two heroes, I guess, and just be casual. And you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. I can tell you that right now. You know, can, the, the 10 people that listen to this podcast play Heroes of the Storm, at least 10 hours a week. I'm going to, you know, on average I'm guessing, but <laughs> and, I'm they, and they read and they read I'm curious if it. they do. <laughs> I'm just speculating, yeah, I'm, I this is not, this podcast is not for casual consumption. No, for you sure not. I mean, you anyway, have a
1: certain level of curiosity listen. about you to listen to the rambles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly, and you know, and what we're trying to say is that we recognize that you know we recognize that there's something motivating, you might not know what it is, <laughs> right. but there's something in there, you know, and you know as a part of that, you know you're gonna struggle, you're gonna you know want to quit the game, you're gonna plateau, and maybe these we're trying to make those' you know resources available to you based on our struggles and and our, you know, kind of exploration, as you say. And hopefully you find some enjoyment from the game because the game itself is not rewarding.
1: <laughs> no, it's, it it's, is. It's very much a grind at this point. Like, yes, before, like, especially for someone like me and you, we, we have 90 percent of everything in the game. You know, we have yeah. all the heroes. We have the majority of the skins because the old system and like, you know, I open a loot box. I would say. Probably half of them, maybe have nothing that i can use and then the remaining half is like you know the remaining like 50 or 49 percent have like one thing i can use and it's usually like a spray or something that i don't care about mm-hmm. and so i just have to like i kind of re-roll it a few times but most of the time i'm just like eh, i'm still not gonna get something i need like all i really yeah. want are like some of legendary <laughs> skins or something like that you know it just feels really bad like you know, like if I wanted to actually get something, I'd it'd be better off to pay money for it. But even still, like I don't really pay for for stuff like that unless it's like something I from a hero I play all the time. You know, yeah.
0: I think the one thing I'm looking forward to for the change in the game in the upcoming months is the performance based matchmaking. The the scoring my play and maybe giving me either some loss forgiveness or yeah. some type of yeah. I'm looking for that. Kind of change the to the hero league experience. Um, you know, I've come to like the hero league experience. You know, when I'm playing, mm-hmm. um, but I do think that right now because the lack of rewards, you know, and because you know, here's this, uh, a little bit more rewarding right now. I'm more attracted to that, and I'm waiting to see what happens uh, in the heroes front. Um, but and I'm excited too, in the same token, because I know things are about to change. So it's right. kind of like. You know something's about to happen, but you don't sure what's going to happen, but you know it's happening. Yeah, we're in this weird
1: limbo right now, right? Right. (laughs)
0: right. But, you know, and that's what I'm saying is like, you know, I I do know if you play, if you're a quick match player in the next couple weeks, you're going to be really happy because they're going to balance quick match around having a tank and a a support. So I can't wait for that. Right. I'm not, I'm kind of. Off the whole quick match. I play it just you know, like we've talked about. So that's not really exciting to me. What's exciting to me is the potential changes to Hero League to introduce performance-based matchmaking, hero swaps, uh, and loss forgiveness. And mm-hmm. that's what I'm looking forward to to keep me wanting to play, uh, per se. And you know, I'd like to hear what they have in store at BlizzCon. You know, they hopefully they have a ambitious roadmap. Roadmap, but once again, they have a more measured release, whereas last year they tried to release everything at once, you know, performance-based matchmaking, new new heroes, you know, a new season, and it was just a, you know, it was a shit show.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It did not go so well.
0: Right. And, you know, so... And like I said, you know, for us, you know, I hope that we continue this every week, you know, and we find new and more interesting things to talk about, about learning how to play Heroes of the Storm. And one of the reasons why, you know, you say you stay away from Reddit. I like to stay near Reddit because sometimes there are resources that pop up on there that help you learn the game. And I think this week, one of the things I was, you know, the the resource that got put on there, and I think you took a quick look at it, was the tank types, the synergies, counters, and tips, the Google document that this gentleman put together... I, was it was it J J-Hal? I think it was J-Hal. Oh, put was it, it really? Yeah, I didn't J-Hall. even look at the name. It was J-Hal 4, so it was j Good old. Thank you, J-Hal. I'm sorry. It's like I didn't even break it. I just I was looking it over. So, yeah, this is typically J-Hal's kind of approach. You know, he puts it all there. It's you know, real. And, it's
1: real in depth.
0: <laughs> well, and like it, it oh, yeah. kind of follows this format for his tier list. Right. And so here he, you know, I really like what he did here. You know, and I mean, you put a lot of effort and, and congratulations to Jayon. Cause I know you just got engaged and he might even got married. I think, uh, I, 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 I know he got engaged, but And I
1: know
0: this, it's it's in the works, but congratulations, but this is amazing. So like, basically if everyone had this spreadsheet that played hero league and the person who decided to, to say, you know, if you could hear a swap, you can pick tanks first and then build around it, right? (laughs) Right. You know, you can say, okay, well, you know, um, we're going to, someone wants to play a new Well, that's the engagement all in. So then it gives you like what, uh, tanks is it good to play against and which ones are good to counter with. Um, you know, it gives you the good support synergies, the bruiser synergies and the assassin synergies and gives you a good breakdown of what, each warrior does and i think for someone who doesn't know anything about this game this is a tremendous resource um he's got links to the builds for how to build the hero the the warrior uh in the tanking role you know i just think this is like amazing you know (laughs) um with regard
1: it really lays off everything
0: yeah i mean and hopefully he can sustain this and keep it up to date you know i mean yeah yeah i just think I think this is, you know, as someone who dabbles in playing the the, the warrior, I'm definitely going to start. This is one of the motivators to come back and play a little bit. More. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> as a person car-
1: who plays the tank a lot, I agree with a lot of what he says <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, well, maybe that's
0: maybe that's a homework assignment next week is review it and say what, what you like and what you'd like to see. You know, yeah, exactly. I, good...
1: I will definitely plan to look at this more and, and kind of de- do a deeper dive.
0: So I want you to pick one of the warriors on here and and give your t- take on it, and I'm gonna pick one just for now, and I'll give you my take on it. You were talking earlier about Stitches. Yeah, so. I was
1: gonna say that would probably be this one. So, so he calls Stitches a pick off hero and excels at getting one hit, one kill basically. So, him and Garrosh are the, are the two. And so what I want to say is that I agree with that. And Stitches himself, so just kind of reading from the like, paraphrasing a bit, is he's the highest baseline hp in the entire game which totally makes sense since he's got a large hit spot for a tank and i do believe that so for the longest time stitches has been the slam build variety where you basically put every one of your talents into slam build doing as much aoe damage as possible there's nothing wrong with this but i think now he he does really well in the sense that he can outscale um self-sustain wise when you go, so level 1, you take the region Globes, and obviously this is a map that you get lots of region Globes, like Volskaya, Tomb of the Spider Queen, or um, Towers of Doom, where you're rotating a lot, you're looking for picks between rotations, there's not a lot of minions in the way, stuff like that. Um, even um, Cursed Hollow is good for this. But basically, you go level 1 with the region Globes, you go level 2 with the more health, uh, 10% on healing effects, and then because so those double dip with your own healing effects, and mm-hmm. so your E gets even more empowered bit by that, and then at level seven you do the Devour talent so that you get um, even more passive self sustain. And if you're using it properly, you can go from like you can get like a twenty five percent health boost. And like I was telling you earlier, is that at thirteen you can get a talent called uh, Flea Bag, where every time you get micro stunned or stunned in general, you reduces your cooldowns tremendously. I think it's like a six second um mm-hmm. reduction and so that really just gives you even more self-sustain to continue to stack and so if you can get a game to go to late game like a lot of um hero league games do they go to probably 20 level 20 to 22 or so unless it's a snowball but it's, i mean if stitches is doing his right job then you know when you you, you get the hook you, you can kind of snowball in that way it sense right um but then the other thing about that build that I was describing is it allows you to not feel bad for taking fishing hook, right? Because that's what stitches mm-hmm. wants to do, right? But if you're going slam build, you don't take fishing hook, and I think an uncoordinated play fishing hook kind of has more power than than going a slam build because you're kind of able to provide more for your team, unless there's certain situations where you have like a phoenix where you want to slow an entire team with that levels, uh, sixteen slowing slam. But I I just think stitches is one of the cooler they kind of like less looked at heroes and like the overall like tank meta right now where you kind of see the Diablos, the Muridans, stuff like that.
0: Yeah. And you know, I played a lot of Stitches, you know what I mean? Right. He's, he's a fun, he's a fun hero. Uh, I love hooking people. You know, the, this position, it's kind of like a safe Garrosh, right? Where Garrosh has to run up to get someone out of position. Uh, Stitches can just stay back. And fish yeah, there's a and, and,
1: there's a, a a certain skill level required to to execute garage, right?
0: Right. And you know, with the with that, he can also you know, if he goes gorge, he can just take and put him in his belly, and then walk behind the walls and kill him. You know, so you know, he works great on the tomb and the bulk sky, uh all the 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 three lane maps that uh, or maps where you know there's a control point. He can take someone and just you know misposition them and then get them killed and the reason why you sometimes take the slow is because slows guarantee kills right you know whereas if you can slow the genji you can slow the hero the other part if your team's on point even if they're even uncoordinated you got a secured kill one of the things i like to take even on supports i take the slowing abilities on them just so we can get that guaranteed kill you know so um and, you know, with regards to his, you know, his synergies, he works great with, like they said, Maffirion, Alexstrasza, Deckard, and Stukov. Especially Alexstrasza. And, yeah, Alexstrasza with percentage-based healing health, you know, so um, he works well with a URL, Blaze, ETC um, as bruisers. And he works great with Li Ming, Jaina's, Genji's, Kaolethys's, and Mediv's, you know, especially Mediv, you know, Portal, <laughs> Gorge, Portal, Right. Kill. Yeah,
1: everyone knows the Kidnap combo. <laughs>
0: Right. <laughs> so then, you know, and I think this is great because then what what works against him is any of the mages that, yeah, or the mages. So, like the chromies, the Jainas, the Sergeant Hammers, anything that's going to sit there and just, you know, chunk away at his health. Even Thrall. It's, know, even you know. that, like, it. it's even
1: funny that, like, Murd, not Murd, it's even funny that Garage actually is a counter. <laughs> yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Well, no, I'm sorry. I got that reversed. Works against. So he, he's good at countering those. I'm sorry. I meant to say, he's good at countering Thrall, which I thought maybe because he just has a large uh, uh, hero. Yeah, push. he's
1: well, he's resisted to poke, right? Because, OK, because I give. Like yes, if, if,
0: exactly. Because if
1: you have a that much of a health bar and like say Thrall roots you, all you mm-hmm. have to do is just you're like, oh, thanks, Thrall for tickling me. And then I'm going to devour you if I'm in danger, like from the root. Right. Like you I mean, waste if you're your see- one CC on me. Like, I want you to do that as the tank, right? Unless the team is coordinated enough and then they, you know, that route is a follow-up into every other one else's damage, right? Right.
0: So, yeah, I mean, you know, what I'm successful with Stitches is because I can, you know, I can either go slam build and not be countered, right? (laughs) Or, you know, I can go uh, tank build and eat a lot of globes and become have this health pool that's even larger yeah. you know it's the largest in the in the game and i, I call it big dumb stitches big you know big dumb warrior cuz all yeah. i do is walk yeah i just, don't really do anything i just stand in between my backline
1: well for for me let too, them too well. like,
0: um
1: we, if you don't go the um, hungry stitches you go the bile I, right. I, I i prefer bile over anything else because it, it provides you with a movement ability that is like a sprint it deals damage, and you become even more of a focus for the enemy team. And that's kind of what you want to do as the tank. You want to be the one absorbing blows, absorbing skill shots, just being in the way. And if you have a speed increase as a tank, your body blocking potential goes through the roof, right? And, mm-hmm. and I think that's really, like, undervalued at low levels because people don't realize how important that can be, right? Just getting, like, blocking exits, anchoring, and being... A presence, right? Because it, it's really psychological, right? You have to like, mm-hmm. like it, it's not something I don't think people are aware of so much until you've got you know a couple hundred games under your belt,
0: right? And and what's interesting about this list, right? This tank types mm-hmm. is certain warriors don't make the list. You don't see Urel on here, right? Oh yeah, and I did not notice see, that. <laughs> and you do not see Leoric on this list, right? So. You know, he's really saying the roles, the, the the warriors that play the tank or have the tank. That can played. be
1: tanks, right? Played as tanks, right? right. Yeah, so I'm gonna pick... pick. I don't think Leoric is really a tank anymore. <laughs> I wish he right. was.
0: <laughs> so that's kind <laughs> of an important aspect about this list too. So one I'm gonna pick is the one we were talking about last week was Arthas, and so mm-hmm. Arthas falls on the the area control, sustained counter engage, right? And specifically, the tank style is uh, they do well to hold points and more of a frontline defense wall to keep range heroes alive better. Can also engage and do well to counter-engage defen- with their defensive abilities. So in the Arthas notes is, Arthas is more of a bruiser at this point, but does have limited spots as a main tank. Uh, he does well to counter-dive compositions, especially all-in styles with Greymane Illidan and other milleys, because he can just put up his you know his E and yeah, they're all because slowed. One of,
1: that's one of the few abilities in the game that, Even though it's also a slow, it also provides some sort of other debuffing mechanic. Whereas, like, other heroes, like Blaze, he has to talent into that auto-attack slow for his oil. Right. Right? Whereas Arthas gets that baseline and it stacks. And it's basically insane. Because, like, for heroes like um, Greymane or Illidan or even um, Artanis, it basically neuters them. Like, (laughs) effectively, they become useless heroes against that right. kind of CC, because they're just stuck. They're just not going anywhere.
0: Right. right. And it says, if you run Arthas as a main tank, it should really be to counter those heavy dive styles. Arthas' lack of mobility makes him a sitting duck. Ranged AA k- uh, kiting style heroes will often do well. Any CC you can put on- onto Arthas is a judgment to his success. And, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, so... Uh, so he works great with the Lucio's, anything that's you know, Lucio's, Mafarians, Karazims, and Stukov's, or so anything that can free him and keep him kind of moving. He's good, he also pairs well with Blaze, Tyrael, and Sonya's Bruisers, and assassins like Phoenix, Rainer, Jaina, Greymane, and Cassia. And, uh, he works well uh, against Diablo's, ETC's, once again, AA attacks, Uther's, Rhaegar's, Stukov's, and karazines once again, slowing them down. Sonya's, Arthanas's, and Thrall's, we talked about that, once again, slowing down. Anything that's AA, <laughs> he works well against, right? And then uh, things that counter Arthas, Johanna, Muradin, because the stuns, and the, they can stun him and slow him, basically. And then Malfurion can slow him because of you know, the, uh, the, his uh, roots. Alexstrasza, uh, she can EM and slow him down even further. Deckard, because of the triangles, and the sapphires, and Stukov, because he's got a big old AoE thing. Um, Urel works well against him. Mathiel percentage-based damage, you know, works against him, and the Auric, slows, all kinds of stuff. Rainers, Phoenix, Lunara, Tracer, and Tychus also, as assassins, work well against him. His considered his best maps are Cursed uh, Hollow, Infernal Shrines, and Blackheart's Bay. So, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with this. It's, you know, it's it's on the point. It's, it's it, This thing. is like, it's the TLDR, why you pick the tank, you yeah. know, and this is a very important role, you know. So, I think if you're playing Hero League and and you have to know which tanks to pick, these are the one. this is the best guide you're going to find right now in the game. In,
1: in, the, in the shortest <laughs> possible way.
0: Exactly. I mean... And he links to the builds. You know, I'm surprised he didn't put even put some videos up there. Because there's a to do few I think well. there's a video it, like a
1: bonus
0: video or something. Yeah, like, like one or two that he's mm-hmm. done that. But everything gets a hero's hearth uh, build build link. And I'm sure he gets more explanations in there. So this is amazing. This is exactly what you're looking for if you're trying to get into playing the tank role, the warrior role, that plus Cavalier's guest on the role of the tank, you know, and, you know, even watching like Ishpu's videos on YouTube. To talk a little bit about positioning with warriors and 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 that stuff i think you would you would pretty much get a crash course on warriors so yeah i highly recommend it. that's why i brought it up
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, so to round out the episode um we did have two here discussions last week Um, mm-hmm. or well the past since our last episode Uh um, had and right yeah <laughs> thursday and t- Thursday and Tuesday. So uh, Thursday's last Thursday's discussion was on Ragnaros. So he, Ragnaros is a Malay assassin. He's one of the last Malay assassins we have to uh, talk about. Uh, th- from this point on, all the r- rest of the assassins are ranged. <laughs> uh wow. So um, yeah. So we've, we're we're getting down to the nitty gritty. By the end <laughs> of September, we're going to com- we're going to complete the full circle of all the heroes, including Mephisto and possibly if any new ones so people have been like kind of messaging me asking me like you know what's up after this and you know one of the things i just you know i'm thinking about doing is maybe having a two discussing two maps per week you know i the same discussions. kind of, yeah maps discussions to replace hero discussions because it's it's at the end of the season for you know here you know for uh, um htc mm-hmm. so it might be a good time to kind of do a kind of like a yeah, map review be- and and leave Hanamara Temple because that's the new name of it. It's not called Hanamura anymore. It's Hanamara Temple. Oh,
1: really? That, I didn't yeah. even notice that. That's interesting.
0: We'll leave that to the well, one of the last ones. So yeah, and maybe that'll be a new announcement for a new one. So. Yeah,
1: I noticed that people were starting to bring up Black House Bay again and saying it should be removed.
0: Yeah.
1: For rework I, or something like that. I
0: mean, as a as a quick match, you know, I, I think it's fine. It's you okay. Know?
1: I mean, I mean yeah. obviously, there's some flaws in it with the way it works and things like that, but. Just because the design mechanic can de incentivize team fights in a way. If you just play the PVE, you know, like a while ago, there was like the the roaming Zul mid top, and then it would just be like every other team member running around the map, cl- gathering coins, avoiding team fights. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's a cool that's a cool point because then now they're gonna start looking at the the, the, the pro level play for the map pool coming forward, and probably adding an alt pass. Because at this point we still haven't seen that really played at a professional level, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And obviously it seems like the teams shy away from Brax's holdout as as a whole.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, I think I think it's a good point to bring up. You know, starting with the oldest ones and going from there.
0: Yeah. But back to the Ragnaros discussion. Now I've played some Ragnaros. I, I enjoy playing that hero. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tried E build, W build, Q build. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think the, the general consensus was throughout everyone, there, all three vo- builds are viable, you know, I mean, um, and both heroics are viable. Although if you're trying more of the assassin build, you know, going the, uh, what's it, the, the hammer, what they call um, Sulfur smash. Sulfur smash. You know, if you need the damage, that's the one you go for. But if you're looking for more of a, like a macro meta style. macro style, you go um, uh, lava wave. Um so you know, I don't think that there's a you know pure build. It's like you adapt based on your your playstyle and what you're playing up against. Sure. You know, and um, I think he's in a good place. You know, I mean, with regards to his here's, uh, his HCC, he's still considered a tier four assassin. So um, he's kind of in the middle of the pack of the tier fours. He's a little he's squishy. A through- he, yeah,
1: he's kind of like people used to say he was like he used to take over thrall spot as a right. as a uh, off type. But I think as the meta's kind of shifted, his sustain has been lessened because they nerfed his Q build build it, or damage and stuff like that. And he just mm-hmm. has trouble engaging, right? Because right. he needs to, like, you know, use his E to speed boost himself, and then he has to Q, and then, you know. Um, I think, but at a, at a lower level play, I think there's a while, I think right after, like, the the beginning of the year, the changes to the, to the laning and stuff like that, when we would play Team League, we would use Ragnaros as our, like, snap pick. Not snap pick, mm-hmm. but, like, as our, as our like, global clearing. Like, okay, we know we're going to try and skirmish, but we're going to go Lava Wave so that we can just keep a lane pushed, and then we're always going to have an XP lead, right? You know, like an ejective spawns, and then we just clear out a lane, and we know we're going to get a posit- positive push, right? Obviously, you don't want to do this on maps like Tomb of Spider Queen where you lose gems because of that, but... Um, it just one of one of those things that you can use, like kind of leveraging, kind of like an easy mode button almost. But you don't want to use that all of the time,
0: right? And you know, like I said, you know, it it, it got a really good reception by the community. There, you know, That's cool. um,
1: his trade is fun. Well, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I you know, for the most part, and I'm a little fumbling right now because I'm trying to get the the specific points I wanted to say, but. Mm-hmm. I think he's in an OK spot for amateur play, you know, pro play. I mean, they're going to go with the latest, you know, the new the new flavors. Um, but in amateur play, he's got some success. He's a 52 percent win rate, um, bad. you know, uh, you know, based on hot slogs. So, I mean, right. and I think people play him, you know, they pick him a lot when they're playing on like maps like Braxis Holdout yep. and uh Dragonshire. I think I've seen that's where I, I kind of see him priority pick. Oh, no, Shire.
1: That's interesting. I wouldn't have thought of that, but it does make sense.
0: And sometimes cursed hollow, you know, I've seen yeah. on there. So, I mean, when you want to kind of own a lane, you know, and he's there, he's the is the hero that can do that. So, um, I think he's in a good spot. I, you know, like I said, I enjoy playing him. Um, I don't think there's anything here in the discussion that made me want to play him right now. Like I, I kind of I tend to go q build more yeah. when I play him
1: because it does more but, damage, and with if there's double front line, it makes sense.
0: Right. And if I play on Braxus, if I play on Braxis, I typically do take Lava Wave, even though I like to take a Sapphire Smash, you know, just because you, I like winning team fights. So it's like, right. But I go for the peer pressure and then I take you know, the clear the and you know, the clear. It. So because sometimes you have to go five, a five e uh, one or whatever. So um, so yeah. So it was a good discussion. I really liked it. And then of course the other discussion was the Lost Viking, which. I was expecting it to be a bit controversial because the, the poor Vikings, Things you know, get the
1: short of the stick across the board. It feels like sometimes. Yeah.
0: And, you know, it was a good discussion. I, uh, you know, it was, it was popular. It was updated about six, it had like, I don't know. What was it? It's 84% upvotes. So people enjoyed having a conversation. They talked about the, you know, the, the severe weaknesses of this, of this hero not being touched in a while. Um, you know, and some people said, you know, this is my build. You know, a lot of people liked uh, um, uh, picking them on three lane maps, basically. That's the that's the yeah, sweet spot I you mean, pick them on.
1: You kind of have to, because mm-hmm. their whole goal is to be kind of like an Abathur esque, where you're mm-hmm. instead of one body and then double soaking with the top top hat, you're three bodies, you know, triple soaking and then letting go. Or, well, it's more of like you, you split them into a two, two one. You know, mm-hmm. and then let the foreman push
0: in in one lane. Right. And so I think one of the things when you're going to pick the Vikings, you got to kind of last pick them. They got to be the surprise pick. If you pick them early, there's so many counters to yeah. Vikings. Zeratul, Illidan, you know, yeah. Tracer. Butcher. Like, butcher, yeah, butcher. Butcher. Oh, man. Yeah,
1: I didn't even think <laughs> I about think that.
0: If <laughs> you lock an early Vikings pick, there's going to be a butcher in your game. <laughs> there's
1: going to be so much cheese, basically, or meat.
0: and i think the other corollary the thing that the community agreed on this is the hardest hero to play because out of all the heroes even abathur which you know has a lot of macro play the heroes have macro slash micro you know so to play them well you got to be both you know, not just macro, but micro capable, you know, and knowing how to control those three little dudes, you know, and and know how to get the most value from them. And one of the things you have to play is shift clicking. So. And I think one of the things Blizzard's really good about is never dropping the value, never dropping the cost of the Vikings. They're always seven hundred and fifty gems, ten thousand gold. So I think that's how Blizzard stops casual people from just trying to, exp- you know, pick them up. And oh, they don't really? go in the hero, yeah. <laughs> and I don't think they go on the hero rotation, free rotation, very often either. So, and when they do, it's a clown fiesta. <laughs> so yeah. Um, Some of the maps that people think that they're good at, uh, for picking on, um, Pass, that's, you know, and I, have seen a lot of Vikings on the Altarack Pass, just because there's so much distance between those lanes, having that ability to soak and not commit a full hero to that is, is there's an advantage to that. So
1: that makes sense. uh, I didn't even think about that because they're, they're relatively safe in lane, except for mid lane. And then the objectives, if you're skirmishing over them for so long, they just, they just get like infinite value, you know?
0: Right and like cursed hollow and sky temple once again maps with really they're really long three-laned where you can get value by hiding and you know hiding in like a bush or something and just soaking xp so and and the, the bottom line to pick the, uh, the the vikings is you're looking to get 10 before your opponents and take that as your advantage so everything you pick to complement them has to be to take advantage of an early 10. you know because once the other team catches up you know to 10 you know, it becomes, you know, you're basically, you know, you're just trying to stay, you're trying to stay ahead of the curve basically with regards to XP. So, um, um, once again, about the heroics, the board the longboat raid, a lot of people, you know, basically felt that that wasn't a very good heroic anymore. It doesn't provide as much value versus the respawn. No, you
1: know, because it, de- yeah. it de-emphasizes what their kit wants them to do, or at least, right. Ra- wait, well. Not their kit, it's the way they're played, right? Right. It, it forces them to want to group together, you know, and th- the Vikings are inherently more susceptible to being picked off when close together, right? Because they want to spread right. the enemy thin rather than be together.
0: Right. Right. I think that after ten, you do just group the halakings up and you you work them together to you know try to take down heroes. And you're looking, and so for amateur, non-professional play, most people the recommendation is to go bribe a a mercenary lord and basically just be all over the map taking uh, mercenary camps. Yeah, and then you know buffing the mercenary camps. And that Altarag Valley is an example of being able to do that. You know. you know, where you did the, the mercenary camps do have a bit of an advantage um, right there. So, hmm. um, you know, so that's generally the, the early strat. And then the, the late strat is, you know, get, you know, spin the win and getting all of them you know, grouped up and just tr- trying to find a squishy hero and just gang up on them. And Are they still
1: doing the Belog stun, right, at 16? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a really strong uh-huh. talent. And it shuts down, yeah. actually, a couple heroes.
0: Yeah. And then it was a level twenty. The the um, they have that. Uh, I gotta look it up real quick. I don't have them po- popped up right now. So, but the level twenty, I think it's the attack uh, where they do more damage is the recommended for is level the, twenty. Um,
1: Fury of the Storm? I believe it's called, or the
0: mm. give is me it one, second. One? one second. One <laughs> second. One second. Level twenty, Fury of the Storm. Yeah. Every five seconds, your next basic attack will do... I mean, basically, I just when you get all three of them... doing, super hard, too. Yeah. Yeah, but they also do more damage to the mercenary minions. I mean, basically, mm-hmm. they're just... They're oh, yeah, monsters. <laughs>
1: clear camps like crazy. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder if they'll ever rework them. Because yeah. I feel like they're going to be hard to balance, though.
0: Yeah. Like, I, that's a good question. How would you rework them? I mean, most people feel that the biggest glaring problem with them is the camera. You know, that... You know, the camera kind of z- goes all over the place. And so yeah, and I are stuff that and all the time. <laughs> first yeah. time I would play them. So yeah, that's probably the number one. That plus they don't get a lot of skins. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, dude, it that's like yeah. I mean other than their superhero skins. Yeah. And, so, and the pajama skins. So yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I mean it'd be interesting. I like I said, I think that most people are looking for something and there's the the cameras to be fixed um maybe make it a little bit you know easier to control them but i don't know how you would do that i mean like if you don't know how to shift click you know you're not going to be successful with them they're not your hero <laughs> so yeah
1: I don't, i'm not even really good at that and i you know when i play them it's very frantic you know yeah. it's very micromanaging i guess but that's you know if that's your kind of thing then you're going to get attached you- to it but
0: Right. But queuing up, you know, queuing up movements uh, is, you know, but I think they do teach certain aspects of the game that you probably like, I, one of the things I try to do with all my heroes is, you know, have a uh, camera hotkeys. So as soon as the match starts, I set up three camera hotkeys: top, you know, top, uh, middle, bottom. So that way oh, I really? hit one key. Yeah. So I hit one key and I'm looking at those three locations. That's
1: interesting.
0: Remember, I don't remember we were talking about the whole camera lock and yeah, <laughs> no. yeah. yeah. That's how I get around camera lock issues, you know, because I can just do that. And, you know, the other thing is, you know, the ability to shift Q abilities or commands, you know, to move heroes around so you're not mm-hmm. constantly following them around. So you can look at all their aspects of the map and stuff and see when the Gina is, you know, playing like they have a map hack. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So that, I mean, there's, it's basically, it's a very macro heavy. The, it's considered the hardest hero to play. If you're looking for a challenge, with low rewards, they might be in the hero that you want to play. <laughs> um, and when I say low rewards, it means that they're incredibly difficult. But the the only reward I will say is if you can get your team ahead, um, you might win the game just by being further ahead than your team, being able mm-hmm. to snowball. That's what their role is, is to help snowball and keep you uh, ahead on certain large maps. So. Um they get played every once in a while in the pros. Like Gal- Glaron was the last person to play and he won with them. So um, you know like I said it was a good discussion mm-hmm. and with that discussion with this that we a so we're out of specialists. So we no, there's no more specialists to be covered in the hero discussions. Wow. So, so yeah, we have about four more supports because we got a new support, you know, with uh, White Mane. Yep. We we're down to 3. And I think we're down to two warriors. So we have Ooh. stitches. So stitches, I think is coming next week. Um, if cool. not, a, and then, um, after that, then we have, Urel. Uh, so, um, and then, uh, for assassins, we have like four more, including the new one that was released. that we're probably not going to be able to talk about this week. Yeah.
1: M- uh, I, 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 I played one game with them so far. Um, yeah. just kind of touching on Mephisto. I think his hero design is fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he's like the mage that, for those of you guys out there that don't want to be a mage where you press your cooldowns and then you have to wait 12 seconds to press your buttons again. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like the opposite end of that spectrum where he's now the mage that you get to press all of your buttons at all the, t- you know, all the time and you're constantly doing something, right? Um, he's your mage. And I think that's really fun. Because um, he's very much about the CDR and I was thinking mana would be an issue on him. Super not, which is weird. Um,
0: yeah,
1: at least the first game.
0: Have you been able to chase with them? Because I think that's what his yeah, role like, is, is like, like he has yeah. really
1: cool mobility, and 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 I think being like well versed in like how to be effective with this mobility is what's gonna be like the defining factor of the hero. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And and I think if you can kind of like understand how to like leverage that you're really going to be able to, to to Do really fun things with the hero because there's not really anyone in the game quite like that And, and the cool thing about the mobility is that it actually clears CC. So if you get stunned while you, yeah, yeah, yeah while in it you can pop your, your shade and it'll once you teleport you, you're not going to be CC'd anymore But obviously yeah. the initial reaction is going to pop it early, but then you're just denying the inevitable so there's going to be mm-hmm. skill involved, which is cool. I think when you're when you don't give easy way out of things like AK Tracer or something or Genji, um, it, it makes it more fun, more interactive.
0: Yeah. So do you get the impression that um, obviously he's going to be picked next week? Probably. Uh, I not, would say he's not, pretty much meta. Yeah. Um, yeah, just just cursory. And so go ahead. Yeah, I think just because of the playmaking ability. Mm-hmm. Surprise!
1: <laughs> no, like, his playability is, is super high, and, like, the the thing I, I enjoy a lot about his his ultimates, so, obviously, the, is it, I have, okay, so this is Math of the Storm moving right now, his consume Souls, which is the AoE, <clears throat> or the global alt, where after a pretty decently long channel time, you will damage all ally or enemies on the map while granting vision. That is really fun, I think. Um, because, you know, vision in Heroes is pretty... Um, like, it's it's rare to have it on abilities, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's only a few heroes in the game that have a baseline, you know, with, like, Tyrande, Tassadar, you know, have it built in. And then, like, Medivh kind of, like, it's built in with his Raven form and he's got, like, the, the activatable... But like when you have that ability to just figure out locations on the map, like if you're scouting for boss, like you know, you, like you can slow down rotations in that sense, right? Like you can really do kind of new things with it, or like do it as like a soft engage for people, like for your team to be able to be like, here's you know, let's see where they're at, and then like that gives you the opening to to capitalize on something, kind of thing, right? There.
0: You know what right. Because I mean? if you can predict where your enemy's gonna be, or even right. have an idea, in- information it helps is you the set most up.
1: important thing.
0: Right. <laughs> like, Right. And like you said, for most of these people, they have to talent into these. For most of the heroes, they have to talent into that vision. And it's not directed,
1: Um, though. It's not like on top of a hero.
0: Right. 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 And where Lunara is probably the only one that has it built in, even then, she has the talent in if she wants to Mm -hmm. view a specific area. So it can be it can be attacked and and taken away. So, yeah, that definitely gives him a unique guy. But what is his weakness? And so you said he can't be CC. Well,
1: so like obviously the weakness is so the the aoe the lightning it only does damage on the outside so if you get too close Mm -hmm. you're gonna get punished um like you have to hit find that sweet spot where you're still out of range but in range to deal damage you know Mm -hmm. like his his
0: his so jim you're saying basically pick jimmy
1: (laughs) yeah kind of like he he wants because he wants to get close but he also wants to stay kind of out of range to deal damage his bread and butter spell is for sure his Q where he's able to mm-hmm. just poke from long range and it's kind of got a weird, like delay where it like floats in the air for a second and then, and then fires. Um,
0: okay. so it's dodgeable.
1: Yeah. It's, it's like, it's kind of telegraphed, right? Cause you see it floating mm-hmm. there and then it goes sh- in a straight line from where it was cast. And then, um, I, I don't, right. he's kind so of squishy,
0: but right. so not, so in this, Jimmy, not Jimmy, Jimmy take it. Take it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, like it'd be more of like the point click, like auto attackers kind of like maybe Phoenix, probably Phoenix would be pretty hard for him to deal with Yeah. to some degree. Like it might be a little easier because he's able to do consistent damage to poke down the shield a little bit with the CDR yeah. where most mages kind of fail at that.
0: Right.
1: Um, but because he's got lower cooldowns with the more he hits, he, he does, he did seem a little squishy for me when I was playing.
0: Well, so then it's, you know, high risk, you know. Yeah, high reward, you it's, know, so. you
1: know, it's it's kind of like the give and take where once you, when you're given mobility, you, you have a, a smaller toolkit in the sense like you have more to deal with. Right.
0: So would someone like a tacitur or mouth help enable him to be more aggressive. Yeah, you know, possibly. in that sense, having oh, a shield yeah. of some
1: sort or a heal um,
0: over time yeah,
1: or something like someone that would put him. In a scenario where,
0: so is it like the combination of white mane and Mephisto? <laughs> yeah, kind of.
1: Like anything that, that can kind of uh, root a target where he doesn't have to like actively position as much with the, the the lightning. So like you know, so it's analogous to Phoenix where when you have the 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 laser beam going off, mm-hmm. you kind of have like a limited range of what you're able to, like you have a thickness to the. To the attack, right? If that mm-hmm. makes sense, I'm kind of explaining yeah. it weird. Where so like the the area of effectiveness of the laser is really tiny, and mm-hmm. and so that's like where you're you're gonna really have to like put a lot of work in getting used to like the leveraging of it, I guess. And
0: do you think he's one of those heroes you do want to put time in the master, or is it oh, one yeah, of those I, ones you're just going to...
1: Yeah, I actually really enjoy the kit. Like I, I like I like heroes that have mobility, especially mm-hmm. as a as a as a damage dealer, like, on the mage side of things. Like, that's mm-hmm. what kind of keeps me away from playing mages because the, to who's going to keep me alive is going to be a support, right? And if you're playing mm-hmm. in quick match to level it up, obviously, you're not going to have a healer most of the time or, or someone yeah, that's, that's going to... Or, or prioritize you, right, in that sense? So right. if I have an ability that I can leverage my own skill and my own, like, you know, like, this is for me to, like, be better at, like, in that sense, like, that's going to put make it easier for me to do you know like yeah. I, I, and i find just having like the ability to use more spells is more fun too like less combo i don't find myself as much of a combo oriented person
0: okay server its something you want to try um, yeah i think I'm, a cool hero. The, I'm yeah i have to earn ten thousand gold yeah, yeah like i told you i think this is one of the <laughs> ones where well you know typically i do have enough i usually have fifteen thousand gold to buy the euro so when uh-huh. they release but because of because of the World War of Warcraft, bit of Battle for Azeroth uh, attacks. Um, I'm probably gonna get him in the ten thousand when he gets discounted in a couple weeks. Okay. So, yeah, let's. You know, and I, I'll try him out. You know, I mean, I definitely. You know, the one here I kind of re- I bought, but I really haven't played that much. Is um, is Phoenix? You know, where everyone else is playing him, I'm, I'm kind of like I haven't really. I mean, he just doesn't seem like my thrall. So, you know, but I, I love see he's, a, I yeah, he's. I he's mean, very.
1: So my thing is, if you want to learn how to do starter stepping and auto attacking phoenix is mm-hmm. the hands down best hero to start with right because the way his mechanics work and like mm-hmm. just how fluid he is with how the you, you see it working it is just mm-hmm. perfect like it just makes it like because you get a talent that literally tells you how, like when you're stutter stepping basically because you get the crit auto after movement Right. like you can't ask any better than like teaching you how to stutter step right <laughs> right it, it just feels good and i i think if you if you get in that mindset of like practicing with him and like I said, he Phoenix has an escape. Right. So like that right. gives you right there. Like you get good on a Phoenix and then you can try other heroes like Vala or someone who's, or Vesuljan I guess is probably the, mm-hmm. the, the hard mode version of it. Right. Yeah. Um, you, you, you try him then. And then after, after a little while you get, you get into a, a rhythm, right. Where you can kind mm-hmm. of start uh, like taking your auto attack game to the next level. So to speak, it makes it fun.
0: Cool. Well, I think we've covered everything that know, we said out a to cover this, this week. I know. It's like, you uh-huh. know, at first uh-huh. you think, Oh, what are we gonna talk about? And then you know, we get into this like two hour discussion about you know <laughs> right. motivations. This is and, our <laughs> longest podcast yeah. yet.
1: We're turning
0: into Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! It's, a three it's like podcast. people are going to people are going to commute in back home and back in again, and that'll right, be yeah. the end of the podcast. So, <laughs> so I'm sorry for the extra long podcast. Hopefully, we fit into your your typical downloads. Um, and I think we did a good job this week. You know, I think Absolutely. we're we're getting our. I think we're going to have to go a little bit. We're going to have to start working on the production values, like doing the <laughs> intro, song, yeah. and the and the outros, and maybe some trans. <laughs> So, I mean, but otherwise, you know, I'm, I'm kind of jazzed. I look forward to doing this every week. Yeah, um, it's fun. You know, I think we're getting, you know, some, spot, I think we're getting the, uh, some attention from the podcast uh, re, uh, uh, list I make every week, but we haven't really been putting us out there like on the forums yet, because I wanted to give us some time just to develop that just, kind of just chemistry. Just
1: get a backlog yeah. of stuff.
0: Yeah. But just you and I develop some chemistry yeah, and, and figure out, you know, cause like I said, few first few weeks, we're just doing the rundown here. I think this is one of the f- first episodes where we really talked about our, our, our own interests right, and yeah. then how do we link that back into the game? And I think that's mm-hmm. where, where I want to continue to explore because you're constantly reading and, you know, experimenting, like you yeah. said, and, and, and I'm also doing, I'm just doing it a bit differently, you right, know, yeah. um, you know, and, you know, like I said, hopefully I'll get beyond this World of Warcraft uh, phase and get back into the Heroes <laughs> phase. And, I you know, I had all intentions to do it today, but, I, you know, I was dealing with some personal issues with family. Mm, so Yeah, good.
1: you know, that happens.
0: Yeah. But I'm still excited. You know, I'm still I haven't really been watching that much HTC. I have been keeping up with the, 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 the match series and stuff. Um, I've been moderately active on reddit you know with within the heroes of Storm community more so just administration not really changing not really um Mm -hmm. commenting a lot as i i've done in the past but i'm hoping to you know get back in there um but like everything else you know it's there's a lot there's a lot on our plates you know there's a lot going
1: on right now like even in the game Mm -hmm. world there's just so much like i could Mm -hmm. play right and then sometimes i just want to play with friends instead of kind of like Diving into the hood, so to speak.
0: <laughs> hmm. I worry about the time when, you know, when I want to talk about heroes and you're like totally into something else.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't know if that'll ever be the case. Like I said, it kind of goes in phases where sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of take a step back and then after so often like a new hero comes out or like, you know, my friends are all busy and I'm like, I don't really feel like, you know, wow is not a solitary game. Right. You know, it gets, it gets a little boring when there's nobody else around. So heroes is one yeah. of those games where I can kind of just jump in and, Play
0: my own game, kind of. Yeah, it's true. So, uh, and like I said, this week we had some good times. um You know, playing well. You know, I, I mean, we did the raid this week. We got three mm-hmm. of the bosses and all went down without any like you know binaxing or, and yeah. that was it felt good. You know, at first I thought it was gonna be a shit show when we walked in. Yeah, I was gonna in. say
1: usually, <laughs> usually first week of raiding is rough because not everyone's what? geared enough or whatever.
0: You know. Well, it's just attitude. Sometimes, Pete, like my raid leader, you know, he's he's you know he's got a new family. You know, he's he's doing that, and, and you know, he took time off uh, the last uh, expansion. So, I mean, he's a pro in a sense that he comes in with the raid, you know with the flexible attitude. But I uh, you know I worried that you know he hasn't played in a while, and you know, it, it, are we going to go back to what we were two or four years ago when we were raiding guild trying to be progressive? You know, mm-hmm. I mean everyone that's still in our guild now is kind of more casual in that sense we do want to do the content but we're not gonna kill ourselves right I mean, yeah <laughs> absolutely but we're still but we are I gonna still it. do the hom- <laughs> we're gonna we're still gonna do the homework though I mean we're st- mm-hmm. like after the raid this week I still went to some of the sites uh, said you know, here's some weak our for trying to detect possibilities that kind of stuff that's so cool. so but we're not going in like we're not method where we've we've done the beta you know, we're trying to be world first. We're not even going. We're not even going to be world la- second or twentieth. Right, yeah. Know, we're going to be like world last. Is that, take that's it in
1: stride, right?
0: We're going to be world last. We're going to be the last guild to get, whatever. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Again. And we're
0: going to do it on our schedule. So. So yeah. But anyway, I had a good time, and like I said, I, I don't think I have anything else to so- say other than you know thanks for listening and. We'll keep on keeping on uh, next week. You know, like I said, we're going to be featuring um, an assassin and a warrior on the hero discussions. More to come on the HGC. I'm sure we're going to get a lot of feedback from the whole Arthon uh, retiring prematurely yeah. kind of thing. I mean, how is that going to affect Heroes Esports? I mean, one of the things is I thought it was really funny on the Reddit community and I I was trying to close this out, but someone said, you know, some setting the bar of like leaving right after the mid season ball. And Arsalan, the quote was hold my beer. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I saw that too. People
1: people are a little salty, but I I see where they're coming from to some degree. But like,
0: right, it's like, you know, oh, I can top that. Yeah. (laughs) So
1: we'll see. Right. And then obviously deeper dive into the Toronto we work and uh, the Mephisto yeah. stuff. See where they land, basically.
0: Yeah, Maybe and maybe I'll play Heroes of the Storm this <laughs> week. You said maybe, <laughs> maybe. I, I really am going to try to play.
1: So. <laughs> maybe it is better than I don't know.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to I'm going to unsubscribe this podcast. This Reddit admin doesn't even freaking play the game yeah, anymore. I <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do play the game. You know, I played it quite a lot and I will play it more. Just, yeah, yeah. I'm on my I'm on my Heroes of the Storm vacation. <laughs> Yeah. So, but you know, I'm also thinking like a couple of weeks away. I come back fresh, you perch, fresh, right? And, you, know, you, know,
1: you need to right. revitalize
0: sometimes. I mean, I am kind of digging, wanting to play some Rhaegar because you know I haven't been anyone in a while. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there you go.
0: And I gotta try out the white main, yeah. You know, so there you go.
1: Cool. Yeah, you got a whole new healer to work on too. That's right.
0: All right. I loved it that you took the cleanse build when you did your video. <laughs> the, full
1: e? the full e build. Yeah, right? I find it fun.
0: Yeah. Nice. And when you took the cleanse, I was like, I feel justified. Like, I influenced him some way, shape, or form. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I got. Yeah. Uh, this is all up. Selling off.
1: And this is Wenzeltron. See you next week, everybody.